Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, War J. I'm doing as always is my co-host. What it's good for, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I ain't done nothing. Oh uh, well, you know, don't think about it too much. How about? <laughs> I thought I was gonna be peace, maybe, but no, I'm nothing. Oh, I guess that I guess that also would have worked. But I was just thinking about that song, and I was like, that'd be perfect. That's how I write these. I think of a song, and I go, what's a line I can spin? It's two parts of a line. Good on you. Yeah. I see. I feel like though when I said war, kind of caught you off guard there, which I thought was funny. Well, yeah, just being the the human embodiment of war is it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I can't wait to ride that red horse in the apocalypse. He's the red one, right? In Revelations, I don't know why I'm asking you. Um, not by, not yeah. by the reader. Death is on a pale horse. Right, he's the low and low up rider on a pale horse, and he was death. I picture famine. Is his horse hungry? I, I think I what. <laughs> Like a skinny looking, so. like a real emaciated looking horse. Hold on, I'm looking at him right now. The first horse, a conqueror, rides a white horse. The second horse is a red one. The third one rides a black horse. And the pale horse is death. So it says the second carries a sword and rides a red horse and is the creator of war. We already have war, though. What's the explanation there? How's he going to show up and bring war when we already got war? And he's bringing even more war. It's oh boy, more war. Don't you know? Are famine and pestilence not? I guess, okay, pestilence is disease. Famine yeah, pestilence. Like, yeah, famine is no food. So you you can just like have a lot of food, but also be dying of disease. You know. Wait, wait. How many horsemen are there? There's supposed to be four. It says in John, there's a horse. He's he's got a he's conquest. Oh, perhaps invoking pestilence, Christ, or the Antichrist. So conquest and. Pestilence are the same one. It's fucking weird. Yeah, because I I know the well classically I think the four are supposed to be war, famine, pestilence, and death because all the people die from war and so all the things people die from. I feel like war and conquest are redundant. But yeah, I think so too. It says the third's just a food merchant. He's just like a portly looking like, like is he the is he um oh famine Michael Keaton from the founder? I <laughs> <laughs> invented McDonald's. Well, he didn't invent McDonald's. He capitalized on it he made it pop- in a way though didn't he invent mcdonald's though yeah i guess the modern mcdonald's he turned it into a fast food thing to like a real estate thing which really what made it so popular and, like lucrative indeed we already scam- that though. then he scammed the fuck out of those two brothers <laughs> those poor guys those poor guys All right. we've we've gone off massively right to start here i so. mean it's always like i said last episode once an episode we have to talk about the, the random topic that has nothing to do with anything it's our crazy train now we got to the station now we're talking about boba fett now so boba fett came out spoilers for the revelations sorry we spoiled revelations for you guys <laughs> guys we spoiled the last chapter of the bible guys i'm sorry that's, that's that was kind of uncalled for i'm sorry when you know when you know when leviathan comes and the and the beasts and the mark of the beast you know when, when all the signs start to happen now you know now you know the spoilers i'm sorry Anyway, episode six. Chapter six, Jack. Chapter six, excuse me. From, From the desert the... comes a stranger. That's a, a hard line. It's pretty fucking it's cool. I can't... It reminds me. reminds me of the Dark Tower. It does as well. I, I Classically, that's one of my favorite openers. Mm-hmm. Blackfoot, one day we'll talk about the Dark Tower when Zach ever reads it. But One day. One day he'll finish the book. Even though he tells me, oh, Jack, why don't you finish anything? Maybe never did it there. <laughs> fucking read Wizard and Glass in a week and seven calendar days. Couldn't finish the Dark Tower. That was like three years ago. We did that. But if I finish it, it's done. And that's kind of yeah. That's the sad. Yeah. Nah, isn't that a bit sad? Grow up. What are you? Six years old. Things end. Come on now. Be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. <laughs> right, nah, get on you. Okay. Anyway, 
we're, we're going to get to Bullfight for real this time. Things happen, Jack. This was a, this was jam packed with characters and events. Hmm? This was a big old glove show episode. Oh, I've ever seen one. Okay, real quick. I've had this written down in my thing here for three weeks, and I keep forgetting to actually mention it. So I'll just mention it right up top here. Okay. So, do you recall, Jack, when we t- were talking about uh, the Bad Batch and that one episode? There's that sound where Hunter gets knocked down and then he gets revived. And there's that whole scene where he's like first person. And I was all like, oh my gosh, this is like from the Republic Commando video game. And I was really, I was freaking out about it. I was having a very good time, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember. You remember, we looked into it and it was because the guy who did the sound design on Republic Commando back in the day also worked on the Bad Batch as well as like other games and stuff. But he he was on there. He was doing it. And that's why the sound made it over is because there's that continuity there, right? right well, yeah. that same man, David W. Collins, has returned and he's working on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. There you go. So I just thought I needed to shout him out. I think he's the patron saint of our, our podcast at this point, maybe. I thought that was, I think there's a couple of those we could pick. Well, yeah, you know, there's lots of saints, isn't there? Yeah, there's a, classically, there's a lot of them. Classically, in, in Christendom, there's many saints, so we can have a couple of saints. Yeah, David W. Collins, he gets a he gets a spot, I reckon. That's yeah, good on him for making audio, you know. Yeah, he he did his job quite well. We appreciate. Also, that. like audio is real important for Star Wars in particular. I think you can make an argument for. Oh yeah, like that's, there's a lot of a lot of iconic sounds. So good yeah. on him. I don't remember he. I started following him on Twitter, and he he's tweeted a couple times about like, yeah, this is a specific thing we did and stuff, and he's really into it. I think he I think he mentioned the crate dragon noise. Where when the the train rolls up in episode three or is it two? I guess it's two. When the train rolls up, they they made the train sound like a crate dragon at first, which I think is cool because then you're like, wait a minute, it's a dragon! Oh no, it's a train! Oh gosh! Right, and it feeds into the fear of it because the sand people feel fear the crate dragon, fear the train. It's like a mechanical train or a dragon or a mechanical dragon a train is a train classically (laughs) mechanical not a lot of biological trains out there we killed them all actually the buffalo there used to be trains running for miles across (laughs) the great plains great biological trains that roamed across the plains and we we and our troopers we killed them all we killed them we just from we built we built uh like mechanical trains of them and hunted them with the skins of their brethren it was quite horrific it's pretty terrible so, Jack, before we talk about content here, right? I think we need to follow up on last week. Our meta discussion, I very much Our agree. meta discussion. So, last week we talked about how there's a striking lack of Boba Fett. And it was, it was, it got us a thinking, right? And I think the, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the two theories we kind of pushed out, Jack, right? Were either that uh, it was like an episode that was brought over from season three of The Mandalorian. And just kind of plopped in here, just just to kind of pat it out and, and add a little, add an episode just for fun and kind of fill us in, right? Mm-hmm. But the second kind of theory we floated was that maybe maybe this is the Mandalorian season three, and it's it's like a marketing decision that they've made here to call it something else for for whatever reason, right? Right. Yeah. And I would argue that with this episode now, I'm leaning towards the second one. I, I would very much agree. I don't think you can say that it was just. You know, they uh, they brought an episode over because this episode also features, you know, like very important, you know, like narrative beats from the Mandalorian story. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's really odd. I, I don't know what to think about this show. It's yeah. And both, of shows up, here. 
Boba Fett has no lines in this episode. He shows up once for a scene and has no lines of dialogue. He pulls the fucking Ben Solo from The Rise of Skywalker. It's like, fellas, it's I his wanna, show. I wanted to say, Jack, in regards to that, that's a meme this week that was like everyone complaining about um, Boba Fett not, not feeling like his original trilogy version, right? And then it was like, you know, like Dave Filoni walks in. It, what it was is there's this trend on TikTok that does the whole, the guy walking from Encanto. Where he like barges into the room doing that goofy walk he does, you know what I'm referring to? Which guys? It's what's I I've seen Encanto, but I don't. I don't the guy, it's it's in it was the one they're singing. Don't talk about Bruno and uh, Isabella's boyfriend is like walking up to the house, and it's the it's their cousin who can shapeshift. Is that the guy? No, it's like the literal the actual boyfriend. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's not important, but he's doing like a goofy walk. It, you wouldn't really notice it unless you were like looking, but while he's walking up to the house, he's doing this weird like fancy walk thing. <laughs> it's very strange. I don't, whatever. I digress. The point is, people are talking that like Dave Filoni's coming in and he's he's saved it because he's actually he's made the most accurate original trilogy Boba Fett because in his episode Boba Fett didn't do anything. That <laughs> didn't speak. He stood there and had zero lines, which is kind of what Boba Fett's all about. Yeah, classically. Really Only thing he's ever done. So, yeah, good on him. But, so, you're right, though. Once again, Boba Fett didn't really do anything this episode, and we got a lot of stuff that, again, spoilers, um, that you wouldn't have thought, like, fucking Luke and Grogu, right? And Ahsoka. Like, for extensive screen time, which really starts to make you wonder, because it's, it's like we said last week, you, you really can't separate these series anymore, right? And again, obviously, you can kind of mince words and, and like argue about wh- whether it was ever meant to be a quote-unquote standalone thing to begin with right because obviously this show always was going to be a spin-off of the mandalorian but like you really th- i guess the difference is that instead of just needing to watch the mandalorian to then be able to watch this as a standalone thing you need to watch this in order to understand future mandalorian seasons and stuff um, oh yeah it's just very odd i don't know i yeah, i really i actually really don't like it personally because i was watching it and weird brogu luke stuff and i paused and i was like there's this is like we're halfway through the episode and we're like not at the end of this scene like i'm like this scene isn't over i know it isn't like i can feel that it's not over yet i'm like how much longer are we gonna be on this planet where din's not even din has left like din is not here ahsoka has also left it's just luke and grogu like what why is this the book of boba fett like why would why is this it's just because mm-hmm. like again i i do Again, you obviously kind of have to watch The Mandalorian before you watch the show anyways, right? I, yeah. I do I do think that. Like, this show was never meant to, to be on its own in that sense. So, like, anyone who's like, oh, but what what do you think of people who watch this and they've never seen Mandalorian? It's like, I don't know how many of those people really exist, right? Yeah. But even still, I mean, if you did have that rare soul, that would be nonsense to you, right? He wouldn't know who Grogu was. Like, You'd be like, is that, that Luke from... From the movies? What's he doing Luke here? Skywalker? What the fuck? Why is he in this show with Boba Fett? Who's this shiny guy? I guess it's it really it really is. I, I and after last week, I think it kind of tempered our expectations a little bit. Maybe kind of eased us into it a little more, right? With just Din before they started throwing literal Ahsoka and Grogu and Luke. But I really am kind of the opinion now that I I just don't think that this show was ever meant to be its standalone thing. I don't know. It's very strange, and and the other thing that the thing we were talking about off off the show here, as I said to you, like when you really break it down, this basically has the Mandalorian season three's original kind of release window, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, would have been. Season one was fall of twenty nineteen. Season two 
was fall of 2020. Season 3 would have been fall of 2021, which is, well, it was December. It was, like, you know, closer to, but, you know, basically it was within a month of, like, what the we would have assumed the release of the four Mando Season 3 would be. And oh, yeah. now the actual Mando Season 3, quote unquote, is going to come out fall of this year, presumably. That probably would have, would have been Mando Season 4. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know, Jack. I guess my question for you is, do you think they made the right call here by calling this the Book of Boba Fett? Assuming our fan theory is right, or even if our fan theory is wrong, and they did set out to make a Boba Fett show, and then this was the content, did did they do it right? That's a tough question. Because, like we did, we talked about also the soft pod. I'm not really sure. Because, well, chronologically it makes more sense. Because of the content of these two episodes, of it, like, okay, it makes sense that it's called, it would be called The Mandalorian Season 3, because Din's in it, and it's setting up just Mandalorian stuff, like, all that stuff. But if you go from, like, the beginning, if it's called Mando Season 3, even if it has, like, a subtitle, like, if it's Mando Season 3, The Book of Boba Fett, like, it has all, the whole title is still there, and the first four episodes are Boba Fett, it's kind of weird, because it's like, well, this isn't The Mandalorian, because it's nothing to do with Din. Din, Din, like, it's not, like, The, the Mandalorian isn't any Mandalorian. It's not fucking Bo-Katan. It's Din Djarin. That's who we're supposed to follow. And that's who we've been following. So it's it's a bit strange. And I also said this as well. I think that's also why they're making a Bo-Katan show. That might have also been a Mandalorian idea they had. And because they did this, they might have been like, well, that's Bo-Katan's show. And then I wouldn't be surprised if this happens again in like fucking three years when Bo-Katan shows up in her own show. Yeah, like the Bo-Katan show might have a, a lot of crossover from other characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I really think so. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure. I, I guess, like I said, I, I've, I've kind of moved past it internally, at least. Like, I'm just going to enjoy the show for what it is. I guess I'm basically excited that we did end up getting so much Din and Grogu and everything. Because, like, you know, even our wildest dreams that we were speculating at, we never thought that that's the route it would take, right? Yeah. Like, we were like, oh, maybe Din will show up for an episode or two, or maybe he'll show up at the very end and all this. But, like, nah, we're getting, you know, real meat and potatoes for... Oh, yeah that storyline and like like important character stuff and things like it's it's pretty full on and while i'm enjoying that and again it's kind of like a pleasant surprise it's just weird i guess i i really think or at least i like to think i should say that if they had called this the mandalorian season three from the beginning that i would have been able to be like well i understand that Bo- that uh din hasn't been in the first three episodes but i'm okay with that i i do agree with what you're saying but maybe i would have not given the show up maybe it must have a fair shake because I'd be like, well, when's Din going to show up? Like, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess episode two and four were good, but I really just want, when's Din showing up? Oh, he's showing up at the end of episode four, finally, Din's here. You mm-hmm. know? I guess, I really, like, because I really did enjoy when I was like, oh my god, it's Din. Like, that episode is super cool. But then you get the reverse side of that, which is what actually happened, where we don't know he's coming, and then he does come in a big way, and then you go, oh, wow, it's the guy I love, it's Club Shido, holy shit. But then mm-hmm. you go, wait a minute, why is Mr. Shido here? What is what's the like the the initial shock fades and you really start to think about what happened and you're like wait a minute this doesn't actually gel as well as i think they want it to or it, it, there's there's like a disconnect here somewhere mm-hmm. that, so i think i think you can't really win is what i'm trying to say yeah. either way there's a bit of, there's like a bit of a it's it's rocking no matter how you're trying to do it yeah again whichever way you slice it either this is a boba fett show where john favreau kind of lost the plot and just decided to start writing a bunch of mandalorian stuff or it's a mandalorian it's the you know it's a season of mandalorian where john Farrell wanted to take the the kind of big leap of like hey what if we just didn't have din show up for three episodes as you know just kind of a bold direction to take things in i think either way it's hard to 
it's hard to sell pretty much. So yeah. I think potentially they made the correct decision, like marketing wise of like, let's call this something else so that people come in with totally fresh expectations. So they're not sitting here pestering us for four weeks in a row of, of where it's in. Right. So they don't leave it. Right. Because I think that could have been a genuine concern is like people who are tuning in to see Grogu and Din after three weeks, maybe they'd just be like, all right, I'm just going to stop watching, right? Yeah, like, they haven't showed up yet, I don't really care anymore. I mean, I think that could be literally supported by the fact that the fifth episode had the best ratings of the whole season, right? Like, it literally drew in more people. And so, I I kind of I kind of think they probably made the correct choice. Like they, if, if that's what they were going for, I think they knew what they were talking about, I guess. But creatively, it just feels weird and kind of muddled yeah i think i think basically the legacy of the show is just going to be like well this is pretty much the mandalorian season two and a half yeah i guess assuming it doesn't get further seasons of its own which i don't know if it's been confirmed one way or the other yet yeah it has been confirmed i don't i don't think it will based on everything that's happened i don't either and like we talked about last week even like tamir morrison and ming na wen were told that they're working on the mandalorian season three again it's in the mandalorian season three's release window like just all these things right they were recording it or filming it, I should say, I guess, like, in, you know, early last year, which is when they would have been recorded. Like, it just, it, when you really start to look at it, not to, not to get all Pepe Sylvia on everybody, but it, it kind of feels like they just recorded, or they, they just made The Mandalorian Season 3, and then they were like, we can't call it that, because it'll be too, uh... Confusing to everyone. Yeah, it'll, it, so we'll just pretend it's a Boba Fett show. But now, again, it it's, it's really is a double-edged sword because you do have some people who are like, well, this is kind of disappointing because I was hoping for a Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're not getting as much of that as I thought. So I don't know what the answer was. I, like I said, I like to think that if they had been like, hey, we're, it's called The Mandalorian Season 3, but we're doing something a little different. We're going to follow Boba Fett for a few episodes. I like to believe that I wouldn't have caused a, a fuss and, you know, we would have been respectable yeah we we would have been like well let's just see where it goes you know i I have faith in these these filmmakers to tell an interesting story and even even down to like you know after season two of the mandalorian that really was kind of like such a such a big mounting finale that i think a lot of people myself included at least in the immediate aftermath of that were kind of like man that that felt like a, a significant sort of conclusion not not as in like it was you know the end for for din's whole story right but it was something of an end right Mm-hmm. We're like, I, I think that it really wouldn't have been a terrible thing if they said, this is the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season three, but, you know, we're not going to have to end. We're letting his story breathe a little, right? That was such a big kind of moment for him. Let's, let's give him a little space to breathe. Let's yeah. follow Boba Fett, who we just introduced last season and see what he's up to. Again, obviously, this episode has gone to prove that, like, there's there's so much connective tissue to, to bring all these different stories together, right? Like, obviously, we'll get to it in a second here, but Cobb Van, right? You know, he was a character that introduced in Mandalorian season two interacted with Din who has now been brought over here and it made perfect narrative sense to the story that they created. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's so much like back and forth between these stories anyways. I, uh, I just don't know. Yeah, another, another thing I think is weird. Now I won't spend too much more time on this, but that like, they're just, they just put Din in the promotional material. I had a, I have a friend who hasn't watched, who hasn't, who's going to like watch the show all at once. Cause it's almost over. He's like, I'll just watch it all at once. I'm like, oh, the episodes are pretty good, and I just kind of tell my general thoughts. And he's like, yeah, I know Din's in it because they're just they just put him at the end of him. Like I've seen like the ads, they're just he's just, just in yeah. promotional material now. And I'm like, well, that's kind of it. Just adds. It's like what they're trying to do here. They just they made all this shit, and then, I feel like, like you said at the last fucking minute they were like, actually, sh- fucking change it, but keep all this shit the same because we're not gonna do this. We're not gonna go crazy. So. And 
I, I've said, I told you, right? I think I said it on the show here that, like, after the Mandalorian season two finale, when they had the, the little stinger, like, you know, reveal for the Book of Boba Fett, I, I told you, right? And I, I did say it on the show, didn't I? That my first thought was, oh, is this a season of the Mandalorian, right? My thought was that the Book of Boba Fett was just going to be like a subtitle for season three of the Mandalorian, and that maybe they would do this whole, like, kind of series of them where. They would have different seasons that follow different Mandalorians. And obviously, it didn't end up being the case, but now it kind of seems like maybe I was more on the <laughs> mark money than, than I, you thought. Than I thought. So you're reading uh, off his mind. Yeah, we could probably uh, digressing into the actual content here. Yeah. So the meat and potatoes. We open right up with our boy Cobman, who is oh, yeah. a bit of a fan favorite. I think he's very cool. I enjoyed him a lot in season two of the Mando, and uh, he's back. He's laying down the law. Timothy Fett is playing the only role he has: Western sheriff, sheriff, cowboy sheriff, sheriff man, and he plays law. it well. Law man. Well, it, to be fair, in um, Unforgiven or the no, wait, what's that show called? The one show he's like a modern lawman. Okay, so give him some credit, Jack. I'll give him credit. Okay, he's okay. capable of being both a, a Western and modern day lawman. Of course, it's it, it, the classic line: "I tell folks what to do." Around here, exactly. I tell folks. Yeah, great. Oh, he, he's great. He's very fun. Um, and it's Justified as that show, by the way. It's coming back, Jack. It's doing a return, a revival. Never seen Justified. Never heard of it till just in, now. So, In Justified, he's like a modern marshal who just plays things like the Old West. Of course. Oh, he's gotta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah, he draws on some pikes, guns them down in the street, because that's, that's a desert justice. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he takes their drugs. He kicks all those that cocaine into the sand. He kicks all, all that, that cocaine right over because he's a moral man. He doesn't want the drugs on the streets. He kicks all that spice. He doesn't, want, not. He doesn't want all that dune spice from Arrakis. I mean, Tatooine. He doesn't want that spice melange to be poisoning the Mos Pelgo youth, you know? No, he doesn't want them to become uh, navigators, bending space oh. and seeing through time. They shouldn't become navigators. They don't need. What do they need to see that for? Not, what no reason. The depths of reality. They have hyperspace. They don't need that. What a guy, right? What a guy. He's just a good dude. He's clearly just a good fellow, right? Because yeah. they're like, you know how much money this spice is? And he's like, I'm going to kick it in the desert because it's bad. And I'm a good person. I'm, I've got morals. Not in my town, he says. That probably won't come back to get him, right? No, probably won't. Not even in this episode. It probably has no consequences to that. All right. So let's move on. So let's move on to... Then Din goes to Forest Planet. Unnamed Forest Planet. We don't know where that Forest is. Planet. There's uh, the- and then... Finds R2-D2. I was like, oh, yeah. they're doing R2-D2, huh? So that right. means fellas around. Fellas, there's someone lurking who's going to show up. I know it. Right quick, we got the second big big cameo. I have a, I have a running list of them here because it's, it's frankly, Jack, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we got obviously R2-D2, the boy, that, that poor old man droid. I think he's, he's, he's been alive for so long. How many decades of war does that poor little droid need to witness? Every decade, he'll in, the, in episodes ten, eleven, and twelve, he'll be there too. No wonder he took a nap. He's like, "Gosh, I can't. I can only take so much of this at this point, guys." Yeah, I'm just gonna turn off for a couple of years and figure this out. They're on a planet near again. What's not clear? Um, it could be Agent Kloss from Rise of Skywalker. It could not be. I think it's probably the site of his like permanent Jedi like school, right? Yeah, that's my thought. Is that it's it's whatever the uh, the planet is that we you know we see in the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi and stuff in the flashbacks. So he's got a bunch of little ant droids building up his his building and stuff. That's kind of fun, right? Yeah, little ant droids. Um, they built in a nice little bench, and he takes a nappy poo. 
Yeah, I like that. They're, they're like, are they building me a bench? He's like, how long do I got to wait? And I just step down. He's like, what? Guys, I don't have all day. Grogu and Luke are just there. Just just training. Pilgrim are just doing Jedi stuff. So now we got Grogu and Luke also on the on the running list. Again, no Boba Fett yet, but we got all these fellas. And then, we'll get there. We'll get there. And so they're training and they're doing, you know, meditation. Just your, your classic Jedi things. Grogu's able to fight off temptation and not eat the frog. Eat that frog alive because he's a little animal man. Until he's not able to do it, and then he tries to eat the frog anyways. But then Luke shows him, man, if you just listen to the Force, you can eat all the frogs. <laughs> so, so how about you just train with me a little bit, a little bribery? Yeah, he's he's you know he's hitting he's hitting the little guy right where it counts, you know, right where it hurts. Yeah, he's, I know you. You like eating things. You're a little little eating machine. Yeah, eating protein. I don't know how many frogs you could force grab if you could if you learned the, the real ways of the force. Evolution be damned, they're not escaping the force. Mm-mm, I don't know. So, so then Finn wakes up from his nap, and who awakens him? But Ahsoka Tano. She's just she's just fucking there. I was I I literally laughed out loud. I was like, "What the fuck? They're all here. All these fucking guys. It's like a, every single one of them. It's literally a freaking like parade, right?" Yeah, he's like, ooh, and now the Ahsoka float. Got a few oh, Soto Sabres. I will say, I think they have a good little heart-to-heart. I think there's some good, uh, good, you know, like, messaging going on there, right? Where she's like, hey, do you want to get Rogu back because you think it's good for him or, like, because you miss him, right? You know, like, if he's going to come a Jedi, maybe maybe he's got to just stay here and, and train and you just won't really see him anymore. So, that's some interesting, uh, yeah. you know, some food for thought for sure. I, I did like that uh, she tells him, she's like, hey, she misses you a lot. He misses you a lot. So to kind of like give him something. Yeah. It's like, well, I can read his thoughts. I know he misses you. So like he's thinking, he's still thinking about, it. he didn't just forget about you. Mm-hmm. He still is thinking much all the time. But it's kind yeah. of that exact reason of like, well, he misses you. Like if you, if you just keep coming around just for a minute or two at a time, if anything, it'll just make it harder on him. So try just go. Yeah. Um, but then he also kind of hits it back a little. He's like, well, why do you, you said that you didn't think he should be trained as a Jedi because it'd be dangerous. But now, now you're okay with this? Why? And she's like, well, Luke said he wanted it. So it's like, is that a good, is that a good enough reason? I don't really think so. She's like, well, Master Luke said that was what's up. And he's like, I don't know about that one, Chief. Because again, like she has firsthand experience. Like she says in the Mandalorian season two, like she obviously knows just about as good as anyone that there is actual like danger to that. Right. Because mm-hmm. if, you know, the individual that she would most <laughs> closely know of, um, uh, who was trained as a Jedi w- when they were told, is uh, literal Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. So, like, watched. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not saying Grogu's going to become Darth Vader or anything, but just fuck. He could. He, he, could. Really he could. He could. Hmm? Who's going to stop mm-hmm. him? Not I. No one, because he'd just lightning. Evil Yoda would be pretty fun, though. There's that little like gremlin Yoda. This like a little gobliny, like evil version of Yoda that Yoda fights in the Bone Wars. Is his name Oda? Evil Yoda? Yoda? No, it's just like a, uh, it's like a vision, you know. It's like it's like oh, all right. of Yoda's evil. It's like a, it's like a. Mask. Oh, is that when? Is that when he goes to those weird mask people in the like the sixth season? Mm-hmm. The Wells. Yeah, he sees yeah, the ghost yeah, yeah. of Darth Bane and shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, he talks to Darth Bane. Everyone was like, everyone was like, oh, Darth Bane, the greatest <gasps> duel of all time. Oh my god! Even though actually, actually, he wouldn't be because every Sith after him is stronger because he made that rule of two thing. Yeah, but the rule of two doesn't really work. No, it doesn't because there's like fifteen guys at once. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> like 
the great culmination of the rule of two was an empire that lasted like 30 years. <laughs> so yeah. how effective was it really at the end of the day? Yeah. All that for 30 years when you could have a whole bunch of sets? All that for a drop of blood? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. He's, we're setting up that obviously, and again, um, this this episode ends up spending a, quite a surprising amount of screen time on it, but you know, Luke's training Grogu up, he's learning the ways, or you know, as they talk about like Maybe even more so, he's just remembering uh, the things he learned when he was younger at the temple. But as becoming a Jedi, he's learning mindfulness and you know the Force and all that. We get lots of sagely wisdom from Luke, which is cool. Seeing him actually in his element here as a as a master. They yeah. talk about Yoda. That's fun. I was I liked when they talked about Yoda. That was funny. He's like, yeah, you remind. I liked that Luke was carrying him along. So like, let's go for a walk. And I was like, Grogu's legs are not long enough to keep up with you, Luke. You're a six foot tall man and or however tall he is, and Grogu is a tiny baby. He's just hopping him along. Um, I've, I've seen people point out that, like, maybe that's a, you know, a bit of a metaphor of, instead of being content to just, like, walk at Grogu's pace, he's trying to push Grogu along, right? He's like, come mm-hmm. on, Grogu, hurry up, quickly now. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, to wait. I gotta train you, I gotta make you a Jedi. Which we'll I, more Jedi. Yeah, I think could maybe be, yeah, like, indicative of, of something, you know. Plot-wise here is that, like, maybe Luke is too eager to be like, I need some Jedi, I want to train Jedi, come on. Where maybe he isn't taking into account if Grogu, you know, is, should be a Jedi or wants to be a Jedi or, or whatever the case may be, right? I mean, you can extrapolate on that even before that. That's why he doesn't, his way ignores a lot of shit that happens with Kylo, and then Kylo becomes evil, and then his school gets destroyed, and then yeah. he loses everything, and then we get Last Jedi Luke. That could be. And, and, and we'll, we'll get into this a little later, too, but... Peter pointing out, like, some of the things that Luke is saying here is feels a bit more like old school Jedi than, you know, the things that he himself came to learn and understand, right? You know, like, in Legends, especially, and from what we've seen of in canon of Luke after Return of the Jedi, right? Um, the understanding that he has of, like, the Force and, and Jedi teaching and stuff does seem to be a little more sort of, you know, progressive compared to the prequel Jedi, right? Like, he doesn't seem to usually he didn't seem to have those kind of hard and fast rules on like attachment and all these things because he saw that they were flawed. Right. But mm-hmm. then in this one, he's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Grogu. Should you really be attached to your father figure there? <laughs> Did you <laughs> love your father? Even though I loved my father. Kind of cringe. Kinda <laughs> cringe. Yeah, no, literally like he loved his father and that's what saved the whole galaxy maybe. But he's over here like, well, what do you want to hang out with the Mandalorian for when you could sit here and learn force powers. Don't you think yeah. that's better, Grogu? Kind of like a divorced mom trying to convince her son to love her more. It's like, do you really want to spend the weekends with your dad? What about the, What about if I give you Yoda's lightsaber? Would that be something you'd be interested in? <laughs> um, but we get a. We also get a good handle on like Luke's. You know, you know what's up with him. He's very powerful and all, which is good. Um, I guess we knew that you know as well, obviously, because Mandalorian season two, he tears through them and droids, right? But yeah, Luke's chilling. He's cool. He's good at the mm-hmm. force and shit. Um, we see the, the flashback to Order sixty six. That was pretty full on. Yeah, I was I was surprised we saw that. I didn't think we would. All you know, the just getting killed. And yeah, up. It's a pretty full on thing to make him experience. <laughs> yeah, it's like Grogu. You want to remember? And then Grogu doesn't really say anything. And then Luke's like, "All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I hope you're ready. Trauma. Here's the worst day of your life. <laughs> Here's the worst day of pretty much everyone's life." Like, surely if Grogu did want to remember, he wouldn't want to remember that. 
Wait, yeah, all the things to remember. The genocide? Not on the top of that list. He didn't take him back to, like, his home planet or, like, what it was like as a child or, or you know, like, the nice days in the Jedi Temple where he played with the younglings and the and the Jedi cared for him and, and Yoda made him some soup or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't pick a time uh, any, like, in during, I don't know, episode one or before episode one because he would have been alive then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he didn't... There's a lot of... Presumably, uh, Grogu had, you know, years, if not decades of, of nice, peaceful existence in the Jedi Temple. But Luke cut right to the worst day <laughs> for head. He's like, well, we gotta, we gotta get out ahead of this first, fella. Confront that trauma with the Force. He's like, I don't know, Luke. You're no exactly. good. Once again, I think, I think maybe Luke is rushing a little. Luke's like, so yeah, we're gonna fix this, right? We'll just power right through that trauma, huh? Huh? If you huh? remember, you'll get over it, right? <laughs> Every 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 gym bro will tell you if you work out enough, the pain goes away. <laughs> That's right. So, I also just I just quick note dude, that is the first time we've seen live action quote unquote I'll say uh, live action clones since Return of the Jedi. So that's fun. Oh, very nice. They look neat. They did look. They looked good. Uh, people theorize maybe that the top of the first one in the row there was actually Sergeant Apo. The Jedi. No, the clone. I saw something about the the Jedi, the green lightsaber Jedi was like the dueling teacher, yes, the temple or something, a battle master at the temple. Except that's probably not the case because that guy was killed by Anakin. So right in right in Revenge of the Sith, um, when Yoda and Obi Wan are looking at the the recordings and they're like, "Oh gosh," <laughs> and he was just um, killing all these Jedi. Yeah, one of the Jedi they see him fighting is that guy. So presumably it wasn't him. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I was mostly just exaggerating because it's very hard to tell because all the, the clones look the same in that scene. But basically, the Apo is a is a clone from the Clone Wars. He's called Apo because he's got a little arrow on his head on his helmet, like Appa from Oh the Last uh, Airbender. Wow, I see. Because Dave Filoni worked on the Last Airbender before he worked on the Clone Wars. Oh, I didn't know that. Good on him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's also then he's he was like reverse like retconned into Revenge of the Sith basically. So mm, I see. Basically, it's just because in that scene, one of the clones has like a scuff kind of on their helmet that looks like it could be the to the the arrow. So you know, it's it's impossible to say one way or the other, Jack. But we're gonna run with it. We're gonna pretend that one of the one of the fan favorite characters from the Clone Wars had a direct hand in that genocide. Yes. Woo. That's why. Woo. Yeah, and then and then. Din leaves. He's like, you know what? I guess you're right, Ahsoka. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be here with my son. Uh, I should go off and help my friend. Go help my buddy, the crime lord. The crime lord. And then Grogu sees him leaving. Is like, that's my dad. Was my dad here? What's my dad? Luke, here? Luke, the fuck? My dad was here. Oh, a couple. A couple things I've written down. R two and Ahsoka had a little action. That's fun because they go way back. Obviously, that was right. that was cute. I like that. Also, they didn't fix Ahsoka's Leku, which is disappointing to me. Yeah, they're never going to fix that. I think I, I think live-action Ahsoka is going to have Clone Wars Ahsoka kind of hair. I think we'll return to that so. later, maybe. So put a pin in that, Jack. Her look look the same. Like, so they get in a detachment. Oh, uh, so Grogu is in the little Yoda backpack, right? Very mm-hmm. fun. I like that. She's like, that's good. And then she's doing the little run thing. I was like, oh, what a, what a fun callback. Apparently, people looked into it. It's like literally the same backpack. <laughs> <laughs> they just pull out a storage and they're like, hey. I guess so. Or I don't know well. what the prop is, but you know, it's definitely the same design. So I guess Luke, yeah. Luke has just held onto it. Like, maybe I'll find another Yoda. <laughs> maybe I'll find another Yoda. Can carry around a backpack. Carry around a backpack. I wonder, if it, 
wonder if it still smells like the Dagobah swamp. The, the gross-ass swamp that Yoda lived in. They teach Grogu how to jump. That's fun. Oh, yeah. It's his little... Whoop. Can't jump. She's like, come on, you gotta, you can't use the force. You gotta try. You gotta do it. I, just, I should do it. There's no try. You just gotta do it. Exactly. Love that. That's one of my favorite quotes from Star Wars. Always has been the whole do or do not. There is no try. So I like that callback. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he, he really does get hopping, though, doesn't he? He really do be right. hopping by the end. He really do be jumping. He looks like Yoda from the prequels, just sw- flipping all around. I, I was surprised that he had the training remote just full on shoot him, huh? Didn't blast him. Like, did, right. I was like, wow. What about it? I mean, he, this is like a toddler or whatever. Be careful, yeah. there, Luke. Lasers are very deadly, classically, to uh, living things. They'll lighten up this kid. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so we got the first half of the episode. Yep, it's a lot of it. Again, it's spent on Grogu and Luke, surprisingly, but um, he's he he do be training. I think I think uh, no matter where the story may or may not end up going here next episode or or season three of the Mandalorian or whatever, um, it does seem like Grogu's been been brought up to a level of proficiency with the Force that he's uh he's much more capable, right? Mm-hmm. He can do his jumps and Force things, so that if he ever does uh. Even if he doesn't end up going the full Jedi route, he'll be a be an asset to Din, I think. Although he does still seem to get a little tuckered out by using the Force. <laughs> yeah, he's still a little, little child. Because he is a tiny little child. And so then, um, our boy Din, he, he's like, "All right, we need some, we need some footmen. All right, we need some soldiers for this this fight we got coming up." Because yeah. because Fennec is like, "We have Din, who's he's, I mean, he's good on his own, and we have." You know, Black Crescenton, this big Wookiee man, but uh, it's not enough to fight a whole war, is it? So yeah, we got we didn't get Bosk or Dengar. We didn't get any bounty hunters. No, not yet. Well, well, we, we didn't get any. Bounty. We yeah. got an A bounty hunter, but yeah, not our. our he's not. A, he's not on our side. No, we he's not. I yeah. They, I wonder, listen, I wonder who it is. Have we been? I wonder who it could be. <laughs> they didn't hire anybody else, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but so instead, Din's like, I know a guy. I got some friends here and so he goes and visits Cobb Vanth and he's like you gonna come help Cobb Vanth and, and they're all like oh this ain't our fight which is a classic you know classic move classic it's trophy classic. thing from from classic, the townspeople classic seven samurai mm-hmm. and I mean it's it's obviously like a trope to Star Wars at this point there's a lot of people who are like no it's not our fight why do I care and it's like it's gonna be your fight dum dum I see to point out that um this is kind of reminiscent of Luke um, especially in, maybe not as much in the actual movie, but some of the deleted scenes from A New Hope, Luke is like, ah, why do I care about the Empire? They're not even here. They're not even bothering me. And then Biggs is like, yo, dummy, they're going to be here eventually. You know, you know, the classic, like, injustice anywhere is a something to, to justice everywhere or whatever, you know? Wow, you really knew that quote. <laughs> Very inspiring. <laughs> you know, like, just because they're not bothering you at this moment, yeah. Doesn't mean they're not bothering hassling somebody else. Yeah, you're letting so, them be hassled. Exactly. You know, they came, first they came for the fucking gypsies or whatever. So yeah, first they came. Well, like a Tyrion, first they came for the Jews. Yeah, but if a Tyrion moment of we she beat up, she beat up all the slavers and we didn't care. And now she burned a bunch of children alive. Who could have seen this? Uh, Who could have seen that coming? It's a Martin Luther King quote. He says he said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It's kind of that vibe, right? Of like, yeah, there you go. Of like you know. They're all like, oh, we don't care. But like, that's not a Star Warsy move, is it? No, you gotta care. Someone's gotta, gotta care. start. Exactly. Somebody's gotta start. So he's like, you know what? We're gonna call the townspeople. I'm gonna convince them, I think. Um, and then they do. He calls them in. And then, uh, and then your boy, uh, your boy shows up. Unless the stranger from the desert. From the stranger. From, from the stranger. <laughs> from the stranger comes the desert. <laughs> from the desert comes the stranger, huh? 
And, uh, and it was well, it wasn't quite a stranger to us, but the Cobb Vanthy no. was. Cobb Vanthy's a bit of a stranger to us. He's a he's an old yeah. friend, and it's Cad, Cad fucking Bean, which I said on the show. We said probably wouldn't show up because he's too old. Just showed up. <laughs> well, I mean, we said he, but we we did name him. I mean, we mentioned Cad Bane as a possibility, and in in that sense, uh, we were right as usual. I don't think we've ever been wrong, have we, Jack? I don't. I can't think of a time, and if there has been, it probably doesn't exist. You couldn't prove it if you wanted to, listeners. Mm-mm. I dare you. Mm-mm. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been like it wouldn't have been significant anyway. Like if we were wrong, it was probably something silly and, and dumb. That, yeah, like, so, so like, it'd be like if we were wrong, we were probably wrong about something like you wouldn't even want to be right about because it'd be so silly. You know? Right, like uh, off the top of my head, Eternals being good, or yeah, exactly, or Joaquin Phoenix being the uh, winning an Oscar for Joker. If we were, if we had a show during the we we wouldn't have been right about that because that would have been insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Cad Bane shows up and he looks weird. Let's let's talk about that. So, uh, his proportions yeah. are kind of off, and his fingers are a little weird. And he's a bit strange. I I mostly agree, Jack. I really do, and. Uh, this got what I was referring to the Ahsoka thing, so we'll kind of tie these together. But when the Ahsoka thing, when Ahsoka appeared in, in season two of The Mandalorian, there's a lot of like, I- anyone criticizing it must just be a big whiny man baby kind of deal, which, you know, we do our fair share of criticizing whiny man babies on this show, so, you know, I get it. But I do think that there's a way, that, I, I do think it's possible to, to have like a mostly even mannered kind of criticism of a thing without being like a menace about it. Yeah. Just being like a normal person. Yeah. And I think at the time they were, it was treated as like a binary where like, Oh, you're just whining. Cause you hate Disney and you're one of those kind of fans. And at the, even at the time then I was kind of like, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I, I like this show. I'm enjoying it a lot, but I, I do wish that she looked a little different. I wish that they made the mantras the right length. And it's kind of a similar thing here. And I would say, I'll say this right now, Jack. There's a similar thing of a uh, bit, bit of gaslighting, if I do say so, Jack, of uh, people being like that, that classic thing of like, oh, don't you know, it's just animation. It just looks like that because animation. Okay? And I really don't agree with that. I think usually when people say that, they're actually just just wrong. I'd have to agree because uh, Shock T uh, doesn't do that. And she's uh, in live action, too. Precisely, animated. Jack. 100%. And in the Cad Bane side of things it's fine to say oh cad bane isn't going to look exactly like he looks in animation because this is live action that's fine of course you know he definitely isn't right but there's definitely a, a kind of a some middle ground between like the stylized sort of proportions that he has in the clone wars and then the proportions he has in the show because basically we've seen other duros in live action right which is which is cad bane's species right so mm-hmm. duros first appeared in um, a New Hope, right? Mind you. So, like, they've been around for a long time, and they've appeared in, you know, canonically in a half dozen different things since then, right? In, right, yeah. In um, Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2, which are both technically canon, right? They appear, and that's also, like, a, you know, a live-action, quote-unquote, depiction of them, right? Um, there's that guy, there's actually that Duros who's in the shot of the Star Wars Eclipse trailer, if you remember. The, right, yeah, yeah. The eye patch. And in all of those versions, they have the sort of elongated, uh, more like thin, tall head, which is kind of, to me, the big thing with Cad Bane's here is that uh, I think, you know, and it's very understandable, but I think what they did for their prosthetic is they just lined up, you know, Cad Bane's eyes and mouth 
with the actor who's underneath. Because it's obviously a very, you know, easy way to do things is, you know, you, you got an existing set of <laughs> eyes and mouth there. You may, you may as well not cover up the dude's eyes and mouth. Um, it's just in doing so, it made it look a little more scrunched, I think, than the Duros's head usually should, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His eyes is, are too close to his mouth. His mouth is supposed to be a little lower on his face, very low on his face, really, more so than like a person really does, right? He's not really supposed to have like a pronounced human chin. Um, it's just kind of all those factors. And, and he should, he's supposed to have like a lot of head above his eyes. You know, basically on the Duros, like their, their eyes are kind of smack dab in the center of their head. So like, it's kind of all those little, little things. And then the other kind of detail, right, is that he's a little bit lighter in color than we've seen him before. Mm -hmm. Um, that one I, I can, I think I could forgive a little bit maybe because it's probably like an, an intentional decision, right? Um, because it's, I think it could be like the scene we see him in, right? He's in like the desert in like, you know, the noon sun, it's going to be like a very bright, washed out kind of appearance, right? Color. Yeah. And also, it could be like he's older. I mean, we don't know, you know, the specifics of like Duros's aging, but for all we know, when Duros age, they get... Paler. Yeah, paler. Why not? And I will say hmm. that his skin tone of this does match more so the the other live-action Duros we have. Um, the ones that are in the Clone War, or in um, Star Wars Battlefront, and in A New Hope, and in Eclipse and all that, they do have a skin tone closer to this than to his skin tone in, in uh, the Clone Wars. So, uh, that's also kind of fair. I think the thing for me is, like, it's, and I said this to you, right? It's, they, they change, you know, a few too many details. I think maybe if they had kept, you know, changed some of these things for, for necessity's sake, right? But maybe kept a couple of the other things closer than it would have kind of worked out. But it's just, they kind of change a lot all at once for this, right? Between. Yeah, so it's kind of jarring yeah and the other thing is i would say for me maybe more important than any of the physical appearance of him is that they took away the modulation on his voice which to me is like one of the more iconic aspects of him so oh, yeah. you take a guy and he looks a little weird and he sounds a little weird and it's just kind of like Ugh, i don't know it's not a big deal it really isn't uh we spent a lot of time making pick nitpicking it but uh, i do think it was good right and like his his character was was good in this scene, right? Like, yeah, actually, in, in the narrative sense, I don't think I have anything to complain about, but I don't know. If anything, it just makes me more mad that, like, you're, like, like I said, people, uh, people are so defensive of it that you can't even put in those, those relatively mild criticisms about everyone freaking out and being like, oh, these dumb nerds. They're not happy. Why can't they just enjoy the thing? They got Cad Bane, they're not even happy, and they're Boba Fett show. Or would they ever be pleased? It's like, it's like all right, fella. I I can have a thing, but also be critical of that thing. Exactly. Exactly, Jack. And like the whole, oh, you should just be grateful. It's like, well, I don't need to be grateful to Disney for making a product yeah. that I consume. Let's if, if, if someone made me my favorite meal and they fucked it up, I'd be like, hey, you fucked up this meal. And they'd be like, but I made your favorite. It's like, yeah, but you kind of didn't, though. Like, you, I get I got what I wanted, but you kind of fucked it up. So, kind of, again, maybe a little bit of gasoline, like you said. A little bit. And it's the same... It was. It really was the same with Ahsoka, and the problem was like the way they did it, like the the way that they uh, talked about it is like they would either be like, "Well, don't you understand? Okay, it couldn't be long because of stunts," which is a very fair kind of thing, you know. I, even at the time, still, I was kind of like, "Well, I mean, but they have like a billion dollars; they can't, they can't swing it." But whatever. But then it's kind of like people couldn't decide if they wanted to run with the it's it's uh, budget or it was like a it's like a practical you know, application to live action kind of concern, or if it was a, a stylistic thing. 
because they would count, they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth. Like, actually, Cad Bane is supposed to look like that because he's not supposed to look like he does in the Clone Wars because it's just stylistic animation. I love talking about the stylistic animation, Jack. People, people can't get enough of that stuff. And so then you're like, well, but I'm not complaining that he doesn't look identical to the Clone Wars. I'm complaining more so that he doesn't look close to the other live-action Duros, right? And I was like, well, don't you know, like, his mouth had to move. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, but, like, you kind of got to pick a, a lane on that one then, right? Is it they had to do it for practical reasons, or they had to do it because stylistic reasons? Because it can't be both. And it's the same thing with Ahsoka. They wanted to be like, oh, her, her leku aren't actually long in Rebels. That's just stylized. And I'm like, I, I really got to disagree. <laughs> I think they yeah. were supposed to be long. But it's just easier to make them long, because you just have to draw the person. and Yeah. Um, but he's there, isn't he? And he's spooky. Yeah, he, he's kind of an intimidating guy. Yeah, like he definitely had the intimidation with his hat pulls up and everything. One thing I thought was kind of, I don't know, funny, but like, I don't know, kind of just weird, was when like he does that standoff with Cobb Vanth and the deputy, and then he shoots Cobb Vanth in the arm, but then he just like unloads into the deputy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you really, like, one would have sufficed there, Cad Bane. Why don't you just shoot <laughs> Cobb Vanth again? <laughs> I think, well, so he had to take out Cobb Vance, right? And then once Cobb Vance was down, he could move on, basically. It was basically, I think, because he had to deal with two guys at once, right? Yeah. So once he, you know, he, he started with Cobb Vance, and then he took him out with one shot and, and you know, whatever, incapacitated him. But then once he once he taken care of the first guy, he had all the time in the world for the second guy, and he may as well just unload. I was kind of, I also was like, I kind of had a feeling this deputy had to die because he was being like, Mm, sheriff, he's not listening to the sheriff. He's not listening to Cobb yeah. Van. Cobb Van's like, go inside, just listen to me. And he's like, I'm not gonna listen. What are you doing here, Mandalorian? Yeah. And he's like, all right, chill, bro. Right, this guy's my homie. Give it a break. Give it a rest, there, deputy. It's our town is like fifty. Our town, our town is like fifteen square feet. I'm like, come on now. You know that song? I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. No. It's like an old. I know song. Big Iron that song. That <laughs> yeah. I I've already seen some people make uh make Big Iron parodies with Cad Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whatever. The, the joke is that Cad Bane shot the sheriff and the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's the best in the business. He shoots them both. He'll kill anyone. So, some, some stuff about Cad Bane's uh, potential here in the show. So, we had that scene in the beginning, right? Of, Cad, of uh, Cobb Vance being very, very quick on the draw, right? Which, obviously, just further solidifies how quick Cad Bane is on the draw, right? So, him. canonically, there's... We know we know of two prior shootouts that Cad Bane has had in this manner, right? We have the one in the Bad Batch season one there, right, where he beats Hunter. So like that's he's he's two for two for two, right? But we mm-hmm. also have the one in that unreleased Clone Wars episode that is maybe canon or not or whatever, where he ties with Boba Fett, right? So like canonically, Boba Fett is one of the only people who can match Cad Bane for speed on the so, draw. Do we think that's going to come up next episode? Is that that's gonna come down to. I certainly hope so. That'd be very interesting if they kind of reference that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know we reference when we're talking about the Bad Batch that all that stuff is canon to the writers. Yeah, because it wasn't released, they work under that assumption that like, okay, all that stuff did happen. Even if no, even if we didn't show it, it did happen. We got to work with that. Mm-hmm. So I hope Boba Fett gets lines in his own show at the, at the end and uh, gets like a big finale. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think they're gonna. Um... You know, I don't think we're going to have like any kind of extended flashback sequences, but I do think they're going to make reference to the fact that they know each other, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think you bring in Cad Bane, who's an established character, who has established, you know, very uh, an established significant relationship with Boba Fett, and not make use of that, right? Right. Yeah. And for that matter, he has 
um, you know, he's had interactions with Fennec Shand in the Bad Batch, right? So they both kind of have reasons to hold a grudge against Cat Bane. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that, that could both play out. But um, I've seen people kind of speculate, like, we know Boba Fett's not in top shape, right, at this point in his life. So, like, is Boba Fett in, a, in you know, is he fit to beat Cad Bane in a draw like that? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's technically healed, like you said, from mm-hmm. the tank. But, yeah, I mean, that's that damage to him from the Sarlacc might have just taken him off his game. And, like, yeah, now that's kind of the implication, right? It, it, seemed, it seemed like in this show that maybe that, that damage isn't all just physical, right? That, like... For whatever reason, he, he, he there's something he has to work over, like emotionally, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people speculate like maybe Boba Fett isn't gonna gunfight him with a with a blaster because he'd be like, that's not what I'm really about anymore. Like I'm gonna fight you on my own terms, and then he busts out the gaffy stick. Ooh, that'd be sick. Like if he he beats Cad Bane with a with a new style, it'd be pretty, be pretty symbolic because yeah, Cad right? represents all that bounty hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like in um, see episode three there where where Black Chrysanthemum like rolls up on him and. <laughs> rips him out of his uh his back to thing right he goes for those the, his like armor and stuff and it doesn't work right but then he pulls out the gaffy stick and and that's what he defends himself with ultimately right so like there's this kind of motif that maybe that's the the way that will serve him better now maybe that yeah, rancor. Yeah. Hmm? what if both Ooh, rancor just eats just eats cad bang <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty funny if that Bane just gets eaten by a rancor and that's the end of him right like oh that's it forever like, it's been a long time you want to do a draw? You want to do a draw? Oh, shit, is that a rancor? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> it's been a long time, Boba. You want to do a fucking fight? And he's like, Cad Bane, I've got this rancor. He's going to eat you. He's just going to come eat you. I'm going to pitch you with this Tuscan stick. <laughs> I'm going to get into my fire spray starship. <laughs> be Unnamed. He just shoots him with the Slave 1 again. Just like he did those, those swoop bike riders. Yeah. Use its seismic bomb just on Cad Bane and not, not the Pike. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, oh, you could have used that on all those Pike ships, but use that on one fucking guy. I could have just shot him from a distance. Cad Bane's standing out in the desert, like, where's where's Boba Fett? He, so, he told me to meet him here at noon, and then he just <laughs> Slave One screams <laughs> in from the distance. <laughs> Is that the Slave One? Oh no, I didn't think this through. I'm I made a, a, a joke to. Uh, Zach off pod about um if just thought the funny thought that Ked Bean just walked all the way to Moss <laughs> Pe- whatever the what is it Moss it's Moss Pelgo but it's Freetown Pelgo it's called Freetown I'm calling it Moss Pe- Pelgo because Freetown's a terrible name what an unoriginal Check name Check it That's stupid get a, you suck get an actual name Freetown, Freetown is, is name. so dumb it's, they said it's yeah, dumb because they're free people yeah they're free they live in a town. Call it fucking Detroit or something. I don't know. Call it like an actual name. Maybe Detroit's a bad example, but uh, I mean, shut if you live if if you live in Detroit. I'm sorry, not not because I said that, because you live there. Anyway, they just walked all the way to uh, Freetown in the desert, and then was like, "All right, I shot the sheriff and the deputy. Guess I gotta walk all the way back to wherever the fuck it came from." I think Mom's maybe Isaac the implication is that he parked his ship on the flats where Din was supposed to. Oh, that's true. And then he just walked over to his ship. He's he's par- he parks in the proper you know he's a, he's a murderer but you know at least he follows parking protocol. Also, you know it's a little more drama because I see him walking in from the distance. Well, yeah, it's it's that like it's that like uh, aesthetic of the like literally the de- the stranger coming out of the desert and gunfighting the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's all that. What do you think about his all like oh you don't want to work with Boba Fett he's a cold blooded killer. You think that worked, Cad Bane? He walked no, into the town I- and murdered somebody. 
and shot shot a guy and then murdered his deputy. So like, yeah, don't arrest this other guy. He's a killer. Like that might have had a little man. more punch if he didn't kill two people or try to kill two people, down. right? Because I yeah. think maybe the townspeople like that could have been a convincing argument of like you guys don't want to work with Boba Fett. He's a goddamn bounty hunter. You guys all remember. You've all heard of him because for a while he was like the most famous murderer in the galaxy. <laughs> he was so good at murdering people. And they'd be like, oh yeah, Boba Fett. He he did work with the Empire. I remember that. I don't. Yeah, Cobb. I don't know if we should help this guy, but. When you punctuate that statement with um, a, a bit of murder, I think the townspeople are going to be like, well, I like that guy less than I like Boba Fett. Because <laughs> Boba Fett never almost killed my show. Boba Fett never walked into town and killed Steve. <laughs> Look at him. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's like unloaded onto him. Like Now they're, they're way more motivated. Now when everyone shows up and, and Cobb is like, yeah, they, they, they shot me and killed Dave, everyone's going to be like, well, yeah, we're going to go fight him. Fuck these dudes. <laughs> Help the pikes! They're gonna bring these co- this bring space cocaine through here. But yeah, they wanna they wanna <laughs> traffic their space cocaine and shoot my sheriff. No, thank you. No, thank you. I my marshal. He's the one who tells folks what to do. Yeah, How are we gonna know what to do? to do? And they shot him. <laughs> they just shot him. So, yeah. Now let's talk. Speaking of people who might be dead, we didn't talk. We're dumb. Max Rebo is he safe? Is it, he are you? Oh, yeah. I thought. I thought. Oh, I thought it did. I thought that. No. Oh, is that thing after Cad Bane? I do believe it. Oh, okay. I thought it was before. I thought the Cad Bane was like the last scene. The last scene is Grogu. But yeah. The, oh, right. That is the last scene. So Sanctuary with uh, Garza Whip. She's hanging out at her, her bar there, right? And some two sketchy looking pikes walk in and they won't take off their helmets. And then they just fucking bomb the place. <laughs> yeah, they just fucking nuke them. They use that famous Star Wars prop, the Cantono from The Empire Strikes Back and The Mandalorian. And all that it makes another reappearance, but it doesn't have money in it. It's got a bomb. It's got a big old bomb. They're paying them in blood, and they blow it up. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. Max does not appear to be in there. People have gone through, scrubbed it, made sure, but it does not look like Max is working that night. So there's there's hope yet, Jack. But even if Max is, survives, right? Um, the cool little the little robot car dealer, he probably got blown up. Garcia Whip got blown up. Yeah, those two hot-looking Twi'leks got blown up gone. for sure. They're gone. Freaking. There was a a Biff who was playing music that night. That could be Figrin Dan of Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. So that would be quite the loss, don't you think? Yeah, th- we'd be down like a, a, a the most influential artist of our time, yeah. besides Max Rebo. Exactly. He wrote the Cantina song. It's that guy, Jack. They might have killed him. And like if that if they sift so, Jack. It really is cause for war, okay? Yeah, they can't get rid of them. How are we going to get any more Star Wars bots without them? It's tough, man. Um, people Apparently, people notice that in this episode, you can see Garza Whip has some, like, scarring around her, like, chest kind of neck area, which might imply, like, a collar, like she was a slave once, because... Yeah, Job had those uh, Twi'leks. Yeah, well, Twi'leks just, unfortunately, have, like, been slaves for, like... It's just been, like, a big thing for them. But for whatever reason, their planet in particular got hit hard by the... Slavery. So, if that's the case, that's an interesting kind of a uh, little little detail. Yeah. It might not get followed up on, especially if she's just dead. But she's got blown the fuck up. It's a nice little visual. Yeah, thing. My, visual thing and like kind of show that maybe she was good all along because uh, we talked about this a little, right? Like she was a little sort of I don't know some something about her. Like it seemed a little unclear maybe whose side she was on. Like it seemed like they could have been uh, maybe going for the kind of like. The, the twist with her but i mean the fact that the pikes have bombed her now would suggest that she really was just firmly 
on Boba's side, right? Again, at least against the Pikes enough that they didn't like yeah. him. I mean, did you were you picking up that same kind of thing from her? Like, yeah, she definitely seemed kind of shifty at the start, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Oh, she's a good gal." Uh, but yeah, now she's just now she's probably dead, or maybe dead. I guess it makes sense though, because I don't know if I would trust a bounty hunter who wanted to be like, actually, it's going to be peaceful. And she's like, I don't know, man. You kill people for money for like, you yeah. were killing people for money for a long time. That's a good point. Like we thought, I kind of thought she was a little sketchy because like, oh, does she not want to work with Boba Fett? What is she working with the Huts? Is she working with the Pike server? But yeah, maybe she just didn't want to work with Boba Fett because she's just a businesswoman and doesn't really want to get involved with gunslinging. A murderer. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think of it that way, but yeah, maybe she she has pretty good reason to be suspect. Yeah, she's like, man. Actually, I think you're a murderer, fella. I don't know if I'll uh, mess around with you. He's like, what do you mean? I, I'm Boba Fett. Isn't that a cool thing? Um, and then the final scene. They're in Luke's little hut, and Luke says, "All right, Grogu. Here's a uh, here's the gift from Din, and then here's Yoda's lightsaber. You you gotta pick. Pick one." He's like, "Well," um, and it turns out the gift was a little a little chainmail shirt. He's got a little set of uh, a Frodo mithril armor or whatever. So that's fun. I guess you you called that, right? That's yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of people said it, but I thought it was, like, not that. I don't know. It still seems weird to me. There seems to be a bit of a, I don't know, there's, like, some TARDIS going on or something. Because it feels like a, a full-size Grogu shirt should not fit in a bundle that tiny. But maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't. Yeah, I gotta agree. It, right it looks really long. I mean, because Grogu's tiny, but, like, well, maybe not. I don't know. But, um, Jack, I gotta say, unfortunately... This is a bit suspect canonically, Jack. Uh, Luke should not have Yoda's lightsaber. That, that does not track, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say. Wasn't it taken? So he loses it uh, in Revenge of the Sith, right? He drops it, and then Lieutenant Thyre is like, here, Palpatine, here's Yoda's lightsaber. And then he never retrieves it. He just doesn't have it, right? The reason Yoda is never shown having a lightsaber in the original trilogy is because he lost it and never retrieved it. And then there's a comic where the emperor is shown destroying it so um i would have been like oh well yoda didn't have it but then after the fall of the empire luke was able to retrieve it from you know from palpatine's office or whatever from some black imperial archive whatever it may be but um yeah. it's been shown being destroyed in a comic so um, it's a bit of a there's a bit of continuity here so there's some no prizing that needs to be done jack what do we think i think disney doesn't uh ruined star wars no. doesn't care why would they do that yeah, to me? well there you go yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. They could just be like, actually, it wasn't Yoda's oh. lightsaber. It was Yaddle's. Jack, of course not. It's only a big deal to, to absolute nerds like us. No, oh, yeah. really more me. I mean, you didn't know that. Even you. I didn't know that. I would have known. You're, Even me, I'm you're great, in yeah. the top 3 to 5%, you in the top 1 to half percent. Indeed. I mean, there's any number of explanations. You could argue that he built a new one at some point. I think you could argue that there's multiple I think that is the easiest and most reasonable explanation is that why wouldn't Yoda have more than one? He was 900 years old. Pretty yeah. much every Jedi we've ever seen has had more than one. So I, I think that's reasonable enough for me. Um, Yoda didn't have any with him on Dagobah, but he had that one he lost to the Emperor. And he also had a couple kicking in his room or whatever. Um, I think that's plenty reasonable. And Matt Martin, who's in the Lucasfilm story group, he was being asked mm-hmm. about it on Twitter this week. And he said that they were aware of it. And they said it wasn't an error because he probably had a few. So... I think that's, that's totally good. fine. Well, I just have to work out loser about it. <laughs> but yeah, do you think? What do, what do you think here, Jack? Do you think Grogu's going to choose the lightsaber, or do you think he's going to go with Din? Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I think he might choose a lightsaber. Really? But then I think he might. Just, I think I think he chose the lightsaber because he has to not be with Din. Because if I think Din has to conquer Mandalore on his own, 
And then I think Grogu will just... It's very possible Grogu would be like, actually, don't want to be a Jedi anymore. I'm just going to leave. I'm taking this lightsaber with me, and I'm taking my father's gift. See you, Luke, you poser. And then I'll waddle off. Honestly, I I disagree. I think he really is just going to hook back up with Mando pretty quick here. That's my thought on it. I don't know. I think they did, like, they went a long way to this episode to show, like, you know, being a Jedi has, like, traumatic implications for Grogu. And, like, the last memory he has of someone using a lightsaber around him was, um, like, the worst day of his life when all everyone he knew was massacred. And, like, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about, like, like I said, regardless of where he goes, Luke kind of trained him up a good deal, and he's proficient. I think, I think maybe we're meant to understand that he's at a level now where he's, you know, he's, like, safe, more or less, right? I don't think there's, mm-hmm. there has to be a worry about him, like, being, you know, like, uncontrollable and, and like, having the his his use of the force be like a real danger to himself or people around him i think he's got it mostly like under control yeah i think he i think he probably can just head off honestly i um and i also think there's something symbolic i saw i saw pointed out this was a totally unique deal to me but someone in a comment mentioned that there's something symbolic about the fact that the two choices in front of grogu are to become a mandalorian and become a jedi right and the mandalorians right archetypically would be their warriors right they're these like ancient and like you know they're thousands of years old and they've been mandalorian they've been warriors and and conquerors for their entire existence it's all they know how to do right they run around with like super you know high-tech weapons and and all these gadgets and whistling birds and flamethrowers and jetpacks and shit and they're just you know menaces right and then the other choice from is jedi who you know the platonic ideal of a jedi is this you know selfless and wise and like a venerable guardian of peace and justice, right? And right, yet yeah. the choices before him are for the Jedi is he's to take a weapon, right? And the mm. choice before him for Mandalorian is armor, right? It's like to protect or to attack. Exactly. So you would think like the Jedi are protectors, yet he's being presented with a sword. And the Mandalorians are warriors, yet he's being presented with a shield. And like to Grogu specifically, which one of those appeals more? And I think I would think it's the it's the armor, right? It's the little shirt. I think the last yeah, thing Grogu yeah. wants is a lightsaber to be swinging around. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I just don't think he's ready for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I, I think you're just saying that was, that was pretty good. I gotta say, some good analysis. Yeah, like I said, I didn't come up with that totally, but uh, I saw it somewhere and I thought it was worth it. Oh, I mean, we we don't have to give people credit. <laughs> you can just say we thought of it. I'll I'll cut that out. Don't cool. worry about it. We'll, we'll... Sweet, but yeah, and again, like also, Grogu is not big enough for even that tiny little lightsaber. Yeah, his hands are way far too small to be holding the lightsaber. And like I said, I don't think he wants that. I think his eyes went wide from like surprise and like whoa, but also maybe a little bit of like, hey yo, whoa, watch it, watch it. Hey, whoa, easy, stay back there, <laughs> fella. Those oh. things are dangerous. <laughs> like I said, I don't, I just can't see Grogu anytime soon wanting to run around the galaxy cutting people. Right? I think he's like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. hang out with my dad and just ride along in the little in the little Grogu bubble on his ship. <laughs> And um, I'll have this armor, so I'm I'll be safe, and like I won't even be won't even be in any real danger at this point. Uh, and I'll use the force for force things, yeah. maybe. I'll just help my dad conquer Mandalore by flipping around and stuff. Yeah, force choking people because I can do that. And like people have pointed out that for Grogu as well, um, it's honestly not a big deal if he goes spends like a couple decades with the Mandalorian, just hang out with his dad, and then um, and then just comes back and trances a Jedi later. Because why not? Honestly, it might make more sense for everybody because he really is still so small and 
you know, while he has kind of glimpses of a little bit of more wisdom, right, and like maturity than that of an actual toddler, by and large, he's still like he's still a little toddler man, right? Oh, <laughs> he's yeah. really not ready, I don't think, for Jedi training at any rate. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with him go hang out with Gro- or Din for a while more, and then, um, you know, later down the line in his life, he could pursue mastery of the Force, right? Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, sure, I'll probably go back and be like, hey, Luke, how's your Jedi school going? And then it'll be right after oh, Kylo Ren has done his thing. Oh, like, oh, oh wow. golly, gee. It's probably a good thing I didn't stay then, huh? Yeah. Shit, whoa. That means, that means Gurgle will have survived two Jedi massacres. Exactly, and we don't we don't want to put him through that again, so. Yeah. I feel a little bad for Luke, though, because then that means if Grogu just fucks off, then he's like, well, I guess I'm just stuck in this planet alone with robots. Uh, no one else. That's right. Well, he should, he needs to be collecting more people. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I like the idea in in um, Legends, and it's also kind of a trope that's sometimes used in, in like other fantasy stuff. Um, kind of in the Wheel of Time right now that, that we're reading, right? This idea that like old people can learn magic too, because so commonly it's you know it's like ah, oh, it's the young, you know, the the, the trope is like this young nineteen year old fresh to the world is going to go out and learn the magic and be the hero of the story. But in like Legends, there's a lot of cases where Luke is training people, you know, much older than himself. And especially because he, again, is like kind of carving his own path and changing the rules of like, oh, you can't be, you got to be free. If you're any older than three, we won't train you because this and that. The idea that like Luke is like, nah, that was all whack, right? The, the old Jedi lost their way. I will train a 50-year-old. Why not? Like, why don't they deserve their own kind of, you know, enlightenment stuff? Um, so, yeah, I in that way, I don't, you know, why was his first choice a toddler? <laughs> Go find an adult. Train Luke. <laughs> Yeah. Even like try to convince Ahsoka. Yeah, right. Even like a fifteen-year-old. I don't know. You were nineteen when you started, Luke. So you know, shoot for that, maybe. Find those little slave kids who can do <laughs> it. Less uh, Jedi. Exactly. Don't be kidnapping toddlers again. All right. This is exactly what the Jedi did. They went around kidnapping toddlers work. to train, and then we saw that one for them. Hmm? By your own admission, Jack, the legacy of the Jedi is failure. So don't be like them, Luke. But yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna choose. Dude. People would be like, maybe he should he should just do both, which there's probably something to that as well, right? Maybe this idea that, like, it doesn't need to be this binary choice. He can be a Mandalorian and a Jedi, yeah. just like Paz Vizsla. Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla. I'm thinking of the wrong guy. I'm thinking of the modern mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, which I kind of, I, I think there's something to be said about that too, maybe. I Again, I do think it's weird that, like, Luke is presenting it like this. That Luke's like, you gotta choose. Come on. Clock's ticking here. Pick, bro. <laughs> we, we're running out of daylight here. Because but again, I think I don't think it's like, oh, this is out of character for Luke. You know, it's, it's the same thing as like last week. I don't think this is Luke being out of character or like being wrong. I think it's just like he's stumbling a little, right? He's new to this. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He's nervous. Like he says to Ahsoka, he's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm kind of finding my way, own way. So like, I don't think this is indicative of the fact that Luke is like a horrible teacher necessarily. But I, I think what it is more is like he's trying to figure it out, right? And as we know, he, he, I mean, he definitely isn't perfect <laughs> because his other main student kind of kind of falls to the dark side. So, mm. but yeah. And like I said, there, there's all these kind of little details that maybe Luke is kind of rushing things because he's anxious about it and he feels this burden to, to like, you know, restart the Jedi, right? Because Yoda, one of the last things Yoda told him was like, you got to pass on what you've learned, right? Come on. You got to keep, keep it going. So he probably feels a lot of pressure. So he's like, I found this kid. This is like one of the first force sensitives I've found. I gotta 
He reached out to me on Typhon. I got to train him, I guess. Got to do it. It's what I got to do. It's what Yoda said. And he's a Yoda. Look at that. Yeah. Full circle. Yoda. Look at this guy. He's a little tiny Yoda. Oh, I knew him. So, uh, yeah, I think it makes more more sense for everything that he just goes back with Din, right? Because at this point, that would be a weird... Wouldn't that be weird if he was just like, yeah, no, I'm going to stay, and then we just never see him again? Like, I, feel like, I thought he would, would come back later. I mean, that could Like, Min would conquer Mandalore, and then he'd be like, I'm a Jedi. That could be as well. But it's still, I just feel like it would feel weird to have an actual moment on screen where Grogu was just like, yeah, no, actually, I am just going to stick with him. Like, that just doesn't <laughs> feel right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you just. I kind of, I just kind of think it's gonna work out. So, do we have any bold predictions for the finale, Jack? I think they're just gonna fight the Pikes. Honestly, I don't even. Yeah, probably just fight the Pikes. Hopefully, both that will get a line of dialogue ever again in his series. Nah, he doesn't need much dialogue, Jack. That's what he's about. That's true. That's his he whole. Have a few uh, words, you know. Yeah, you're right. You hate that saying, though. You're a hypocrite. You hate that saying. Yeah. Famously. Oh yeah. But didn't. But. Din is fiction, or uh, Boba Fett's a fictional man, so it's not really this guy. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe to you, but to me, he's gonna kill all my bullies. <laughs> I hate the I hate that expression when people try to use it in real life about like people they know, or actually, or hardly know. Hey, precisely, that's that's what it comes down to for me. People want to be like, you don't talk much, do you? Like, you don't know me. <laughs> I don't I know you. I know you, weirdo. <laughs> I'm on the bus. I'm on the bus right now. What are you talking about? It's kind of like, hey, you should smile more. It's like, I smile around people I know, you fucking weirdo. You fucking creep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. What does Boba got to say, you know? What does he really need to say? All he's got to do is say, if he just says, let's get into my slave one. Let's get into my fire fire bust. Fire spray, starship. Prediction. <laughs> I'm going to go kill another Sarlacc. <laughs> Where are the Sarlaccs? I've got the hunger. Do you, do you think he's going to ride the Rancor? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, because they haven't mentioned it again. I mean, they got the Rancor, I don't know. I feel like we haven't seen him train with it or be like, I got this Rancor also. She hasn't stopped him. No, I feel like he's not. That's true. What do we think Fennec Shan going to do? Basically, Jack, are we going to get a bunch of pairings? Do we need pairings to fight? Do you think uh, Boba's going to fight Cad Bane because of thematics? Mm-hmm. Black Chrysanthemum should fight Bosk. Right. Oh, if Bosk shows up, maybe this Bosk will actually finally uh, Bosk will show Fennec up. Fennec Shan can fight Dengar. Dengar, right. <laughs> Uh, and when, is Din gonna fight? Din's gonna just gonna cut down pikes by the dozens <laughs> with his lightsaber. <laughs> there we go. I like that. That could, that could with his bla- with his bladed lightsaber. Uh, like <laughs> very good. He's just he's just between episodes. He's learned how to block blasters and everything. He's just an absolute terror out there. Is it? He's just <laughs> he's a Jedi without the morals. <laughs> like just, <laughs> he's an absolute menace. I don't know. Do we think Cobb Vanth will appear? I really hope so. I hope he's not actually like down for the count. No, I think he's got to appear. I mean, I think he's, he's be like, dead, right? Like, I think that's just definitively he's he's still alive. I do think he got shot in his his good arm, so like he's not going to be a you know like an asset in the in the final Cad Bane gunfight, right? I think that was intentional. And as we saw, we already showed, like he's not fast enough, anyways. But yeah, like I said, it could be a moment of like Boba Fett's, like you know what, I'm not playing by your rules anymore. The way, you know, bounty hunting wasn't a good life for me. You know, I ain't about that anymore. I'm, I'm going to forge my own path. I'm going to beat you up with this tribal stick. <laughs> and then, um, Stab you in the face with a metal I put here. Yeah. Or maybe Dan will just take care of it again. Maybe Dan will just fight all these guys alone. Be like, Boba Fett, I really am just absolutely taking over your show. Step aside. Step aside, please. Bob, you don't need any lines of dialogue. these whistling darts for you. Dengar, have a, have a taste of my literal lightsaber. <laughs> Literally suck on my lightsaber. <laughs> so, so we'll step aside. I'll handle this. I'm going to outdraw Cat Bane. 
Uh, I'm not drawing with this with this laser sword I have and just cuts his head off. I'm just gonna throw this. I'll try this. Uh, in in the Clone Wars, Cad Bane gets his hands on a lightsaber at one point and fights Obi Wan. Puts a pretty good. Fight. I haven't seen a bunch of clips about that. So uh, maybe him and Din will have a lightsaber fight. Oh, that'd be quite the moment, huh? People have been joking though that like Boba Fett and Cad Bane are gonna be like stand, staring each other down for another you know another good old Mexican standoff. And then Din will just like walk up and like just push Bo by the way, like no, no, I got this. I got this. Or walk behind him and just like sneaking. This is my show. Like, <laughs> Please let me do this. Please, well, um, moment. <laughs> I'll be taking this pack full moment from you. Um, but yeah, there's been a All lot right, of so. a lot of guns. There are a lot of a lot of standoffs like this because there is that one in Mandalorian season two, right? That Din wins, so clearly he's capable of it. Oh, he's got he's got unlocked. But again, Cad Bane is quite the menace when it comes to these. So situations yeah he's he's really he's got he's got that uh he's got that quick draw on him i really i do hope though that like if boba fett gets nothing else in this show that he does get that moment right he gets like, right yeah. take down cad bane moment and i i do i really do hope that they um, reference their shared history again they don't have to get explicit they don't have to be like ah cad bane this is like that time in the mandalorian uh, star wars the clone wars <laughs> season seven unreleased footage where you trained me to to be a bounty hunter, and then we had a climactic duel where I refused to gun down a village of innocence. And it'll be like, ah, yes, Boba Fett, I remember that moment. Ah, yes, I remember it very well. That was when I put that dent there in your helmet, and you grazed the side of my own head, and that's why I have this metal plate. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Our destinies have brought us to cross paths again. Like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> Indeed. Now we must we must fight to, to tr- prove who is the true victor of this. Ah, uh, uh, yes, Cad Bane. I don't think that's going to happen. As as masterful as that dialogue we just crafted was. Uh, except, I don't think they've only smart enough for that. No, probably not. I do think it would be plenty good, though, just like a moment of, like, literally just the line of, like, ah, Boba, it's been a long time. And he's like, ah, yeah, did, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Garbage monster. You're the worst, man. You're so mean. You trained me just so you could fight me because you wanted to prove you're better than my dad. Who does that? Who does something like that? What the hell? And then it'd be like, oh, Bosk, you too. We also were friends, Bosk. And then he, but he's like, ah, nah, nah. I'm a terrible lizard. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're probably going off the rails here, Jack. Let's move on. All right. Nothing perfect. else. I'm excited. Oh, let's take it. You excited? Yeah, I think I'm excited. That show. Let's see how it ends. Maybe we'll, we'll save it, but uh, the show's going in some directions. They're doing some things. I don't know. I guess we'll give our full, hey, uh, our full sort of thoughts. thoughts. Uh, I mean, hey, if we went on for ooh, an hour and 15 minutes on just one episode, the ending might be just a two, just a bullfed episode. Yeah. I mean, so long as they don't do the same thing where they just have like eight different plots and characters all going at once, right? Right. Do yeah. you think we're going to get the Grogu, the culmination of that next week? Because I feel like we kind of will. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago, but now it's kind of like, I don't I know. Mean, I, we very well was just my. It might be just half the episode again. Like, like, no, I hope it's definitely not that. Oh no, I really don't know what to expect. I people be been joking that like, what if for this finale they just Luke just saves the day again? Because Luke just rolls up and he's like, "Hey, I'm dropping off Grogu. Let me just while I'm here." Choo, 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 choo. You just force choke all these pikes real he quick. He just does the hallway thing again. <laughs> that would definitely. It's like what's all, what's this? I I will say if Luke just saves the day again. Just totally steals Boba Fett's thunder. That I would think is is certainly a bridge too far. So I hope that does not. I would have for to. Sure. I hope so too. All right. Well, then I think we'll move on. I can take out of that into 
I could in Euphoria, uh, season two, episode four, right? It's the fourth one. Indeed, Jack. Indeed, Perfect. it's called. I don't remember. It's for those without eyes. Yeah. yeah. So Euphoria, uh, episode four. You who cannot see, think of those who can. Another fun one. Yeah, this is a pretty solid episode, I think. Um, now you said just to start it off here that you did not like just about anyone's plot on this episode. No, I did not. So when not. you say that, like, do you mean that you thought they were, like, actually poorly done? Or is it more like everyone's kind of, you know, annoying you? Because it's everyone's annoying me. I don't think they're, like... Well, Cassie's getting a little... Sure. Mm, but everyone's just kind of annoying me, like... But that's kind of hard for the course, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Usually in episode one plot is not annoying. Even last season, I'm like, well, there's somebody doing something right. But it's like this season... Maybe because I'm like doing it week to week, and I have I'm ruminating on them more, and I'm not just like, well, I watched three episodes today, so like, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it could be something like that, but yeah, like between the uh, the Nate, Cassie, Maddie thing, the Jew, the Jew rule, Jews, Jules, Rue, and Elliot thing. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. The only kind of going was the Cal thing at the end, kind of made that worth it. It's like, oh, was, this was fun. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Well, okay, so let's do Cassie, Nate, Maddie. So, uh, Cassie's crying a bunch more, which is just frustrating at this point. Um, yeah, it's just so much so crying and getting super drunk and we, dancing. We and, have them have, like, a fight, right? Cassie and Nate have this fight, right? And I just think there there were no good points to be had in that whole argument. No, not at all. Talk about it, like, definitely not, we're not firmly on either side, I don't think. I don't think either one of them were like, yeah, you're correct. I guess I would lean a little more towards Nate. Which is such a weird thing, because if that wasn't intentional, they really did that kind of poorly. Because I can't imagine very often this show wants me to agree with... <laughs> the opinions of Nate Jacobs. Right? No, so, I don't, I don't know about that, right? Yeah, because he's usually just the worst. So, the fact that they wrote it in such a way that I was even like, I don't know, Nate's making some good points here. <laughs> but I don't know if that's more that Nate was making good points, or Cassie's points were just, just so dog water. <laughs> Yeah, I even I even uh, texted you when I was watching. I was like, 14 minutes in, and Cassie's making a lot of bad points, and it, Nate's making sense. This is not a good sign. <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't bode well. Yeah, and like I again, I think a lot of what Nate's saying in that is is kind of accurate because Cassie is like, there's clearly a thing going on here of trying to kind of shift blame. I'm like, well, no, it's not. I didn't know, or this or that, or like I thought you guys were broken up, and it's like she clearly feels the need to. Uh, you know, still see herself as, as like, the correct person, when mm-hmm. the reality is just that she knew what she was doing was wrong, but she did it anyways, right? Which mm-hmm. is, like, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely... That's just people. Yeah, that's just people. There's definitely argument to be made there, um, just discussions to be had. But, like, overall, I just think that's accurate, right? From what we've seen, and us being the, the more impartial sort of viewers... I think Nate's probably right. This any of this nonsense about how like oh I'm actually just doing it because it's better. Um, it just doesn't really hold hold up if you ask me, right? Yeah, under scrutiny. It kind of yeah, falls like apart. I'm doing. I'm actually doing this because you guys are toxic together. And it's like, so you thought that your friend and her boyfriend were toxic? Like this, this is literally the argument you're trying to make here, uh, Cassie. Is that you are dating Matt or Matt, Nate because you think that. Maddie and Nate are toxic, and so your solution to, to fix that for the both of them was to to start, like, fucking him? That's how you thought you were going to solve it? I was like, yes, I need to break them up, and <laughs> then be with him myself. Bring them closer. I was like, what? 
Yeah, and and thereby bringing them almost as close together as they would before. Mm-hmm. It's a very and then she's then yeah, and it's like, what are you talk like? What are you actually on about here? What's going on? And then she's like, I'm crazy. I'm gonna do yeah, whatever I take. She's like, I'm not blackmailing you. And she, he's like, she's like, no, that's blackmail. I mean, I, I would know. I'm Nate. I've blackmailed. <laughs> I've blackmailed a guy into prison. There's a man in prison because I blackmailed him. She's like, well, then fine. I am blackmailing. It's like, what do you, what do you, what are you doing, Cassie? Yeah, like we talked about getting like dust off pop and we watched it. Her statements about that aren't really backed up by what we've seen because I guess she's quote unquote crazy, but like not in the way that she's like a threat. Like yeah. not like Nate is Nate's crazy. The Nate is actually crazy in the way that she is saying that she's well, crazy. Because she's like, I'm more crazy than Maddie. You don't even get it. But it's like, well, no, we've seen Maddie like, sm- like, like fight a bitch, right? Fight, she was just slam a woman's head into a locker um, door like Kingpin. Style. Yeah, that is not what Cassie's like. Cassie is quote unquote crazy in the fact that she's like kind of unstable, I guess. Yeah, she just can't figure out what she like, wants. She's not crazy in that she's a threat. Yeah, like that just is not supported by the show. Um, she doesn't, she's not a very threatening, uh, aggressive, or even really a very confident person, frankly. No, not um, at so all. So she's like, "Well, maybe you should be scared of me." Nate is just kind of laughable. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just like laugh in her face because, like, but yeah, this, this, and Nate even again he says that direct thing of like, "You all, you think you're so innocent, right?" But like again, clearly you just want you wanted to be with me, and now you're trying to reverse rationalize why you know how actually you were right all along and you did the the moral thing. I was only I only was with you because I was. It's what's best for the two of you. It's like no, that's that's ridiculous. And again, her whole like you guys were broken up. It's like yeah, but they were. I mean, again, you know these people, Cassie. Like this isn't just some random dude. This was your this is your best friend's boyfriend who you know they've been broken up and together like eight different times, right? Like this is a thing they very much do. So it'd be like, well, you guys were broken up, so it doesn't actually count. So, Does it not count? Because um, it's yeah, because it, it, it's not like. I feel like Cassie is under the impression that she both wants to make the argument that she knows Maddie so well and has all these insights in their relationship, but also acts as though she is a person who's never met the two of them before. Exactly. Because, like, she ha- she has firsthand seen the amount of times that Maddie and Nate have gotten back together and knows more than most people about that situation. Yeah. So to sit here and yell at him after you've, I mean, had, had sex with him already assumably because they're not they're not they're wearing their underwear yeah. in the start of that scene well, once again yeah so like you've already done it so like what what are you trying to get out of this mm-hmm. like we're like I, I don't like i don't know what we're supposed to feel like nate but for once you're like you kind of feel for the man despite him being a psycho yeah like he, what is he supposed to do he's a shitty person but he's not like pretending he is like yeah whatever i'm doing this but yeah that's that's a good way to put it like yeah he, he clearly he knows the score and he obviously is comfortable with being a horrible man, right? <laughs> Nate, yeah. as a as an individual, does not have compunctions with being a bad person, so he doesn't really give a shit. But clearly, she is causing all this drama about it because she does feel bad and wishes she didn't, and wants to pretend that she shouldn't, or like that she's actually not being a bad person or a bad friend. When that's just not the case, she she is kind of being a bad friend. Yeah, very much so. So. Yeah, and like he says, like it kind of seems like if anything, she is in. She's trying to destroy the relationship so that she can be with him. And it's like that is not in service of a, a being a good friend, right? Um, again, obviously, there's you know, there's certainly a uh, discussion to be had of whether they should be together, as in you know, they just shouldn't, right? But 
still, that's not really uh, Cassie's call to make, right? Not at all, uh, actually. Very true. And I also think it's so, so like, bizarre and, like, um, kind of hypocritical to be like, well, I need to break you guys up because you guys are toxic together. As if, like, this is just, an, this concept of this, like, toxicity is, is something that only appears when they're together. Like, And I know the show has, has always done up the whole, like, they bring out the worst in each other kind of thing, but, like, that's a bit of a cop-out, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, a trophy I think to be so. like, they bring out the worst in each other. Like, literally. Like, I mean, am I meant to, you know, take that as 100% a fact? That the only reason they act like this around each other is because they bring it out? Or is, you know, maybe, you know, Nate and Maddie are just not great, you know, as people. people. <laughs> so they did that, like, well, Nate, you should be with me because you're toxic with Maddie. It's like, do you think he's going to be become like a, a incredible boyfriend because he's with you, right? Yeah, and when he uh choked out Maddie, it wasn't because Maddie w- was like baiting him. He just did it because he got angry and took it out because he doesn't know how to handle himself. Yeah. Like he's just a big violent man. And like there is the the scene when um he's unconscious where he's like where the narration says that he did think that with Cassie he would be like a good boyfriend and that it really was just Maddie who brought up the words to him. But I don't think we should take that as true. No, I don't think so. Because in that, the next sentence he says, he also thought he had brain damage, which I think is the most important line is that he's like in a like delirium. Like he his mind. He's like a concussion and he's not thinking the way he normally does, whether it maybe it, maybe his brain would be, I don't know, knocked in the, the switch would be knocked in the right direction. But like his normal state is just insanity. Yeah. Or in a form of just like psychosis or whatever, whatever you'd call it, sociopath, sociopathy or psychopathy, whatever it is. Sociopathy. So, some some Doctor Seuss ass word. I don't know. But yeah, and like nothing of what we've seen of their relationship thus far has been healthy, right? Like Nate and, I mean, Nate and Cassie all. clearly are not healthy together. I, like I just I I just think that's reality. Um, so yeah. So they're at the party, right? So it's it's Maddie's birthday, mm-hmm. and they're maybe fixing fixing things up or whatever, trying to get back together. And Cassie's in uh, being very dramatic about it because she's she wants to be with him. I don't know, obviously, right? I guess that's kind of the idea. Um, and she's just she's she's throwing him back, right? Which even even if Cassie, uh, if all the other Cassie stuff that had happened this season that has been bothering us hadn't hadn't been making me kind of uh, unsympathetic towards her character and her her situation. I don't know. This would have definitely pushed me that way <laughs> because I I really do not care for that kind of behavior personally. Yeah, just acting like a just acting like a yeah, fool when you're drunk. Just I, getting absolutely wasted and obnoxious. I yeah, that I really don't care for. So she uh she <laughs> Cassie's doubling down on the on the frustration here for me. In, in my eyes. And then, then they're in the hot tub. I don't know. She throws up everywhere. Okay, yes. you, gotta, you gotta love that. I don't know. I, I guess the implication is that she's throwing up because she's hearing Maddie describe that how, how in love with her Nate is. And that makes her sick. That's like, I mean, come on, Cassie. Again, like, what, what a world is she living in that she's like, oh my god, Nate likes, Nate likes Maddie. I thought he was in love with me. He was gonna leave me. Leave her for me. It's like, has he told her any of that yet? Like, I, I think, think maybe so. this is the other problem is that with this storyline that, and this really does just come up to bad writing because a lot of the stuff this season I've been like, well, 
it's not super clear the characters aren't acting right, but that's just because characters sometimes act like that, right? Like, people don't act like that. But, yeah, so I, I've been saying a lot this season that, like, the characters aren't always acting rationally and, like, things don't always make perfect sense, but that's because people act like that sometimes in real life. But I think maybe some of it is that there is some elements of this story that just do seem poorly written, where I think there's too much happening off screen, maybe. In that yeah. argument, Cassie's like, oh, you told me you loved me, and I'm like, we never saw that. Like, we have no kind of concept of what their relationship is supposed to be like, right? Last week, they told us that they just, like, get together once a week and fuck or whatever, but now there's maybe more? I don't know, like, she's she's doing all that, she was doing all that shit where, like, she was just trying to get him to look at her twice in the hallway. Yeah, just even give her a passing like, she was absolutely, like, you know, fiending for those little scraps, but now apparently he told her that he loves her, but we, we just aren't seeing any of this. I don't know. So it's like, I don't I don't know what what their relationship is really like, I guess, because it turns out that we aren't seeing most of it. Yeah, it's off screen. And the only scene that gives credence to, like, the I love you is, like, he's like, oh, you have so much power over me. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, but you can't just say it and be like, and that implies all this other yeah, stuff. It's, it's like, you know, you can't just tell us all this stuff. And then, and then, even when they're in the hot tub, when Maddie, when they had that argument, when Maddie's like, that was fast. And I was like, Wait, yeah, are, are we just, is this supposed <laughs> to reinforce how toxic they are? I think it like, was, basically. Uh, because that's another, that, that to me at least was another scene where, like you said earlier, as, as rare as this is, it really did feel like Nate wasn't doing anything wrong. Right? Yeah. Like that was kind of a moment where just like it really does feel like they're coming coming at him a little excessively. Where I really don't think he did anything wrong, so like I don't I don't really feel any particular anger towards him in this moment. And I do think Maddie's just being unreasonable. Then Cat gets involved. She's like, "Well, she would agree with you anyway." And she's like, "Well, no, I wouldn't." And he's like, "What do you like?" Kind of though. I mean, he's kind of right. I mean, again, he's kind of mm-hmm. right because even if like beyond the fact that. I mean, he's kind of implying that maybe that she's afraid of Maddie and doesn't want to disagree. But, like, it's not unreasonable to assume if you're, even if, hey, if you take the characters out and it's just, if you're, if someone pitched it, like, an ex-boyfriend is with a girlfriend who's kind of toxic and he, and he's with, th- he's surrounded by two of, the, her and two of their friends and they're, she's, like, getting at him for something and then she asks the opinion of another friend. It's not unreasonable to think that that friend would agree with her over him because that's just how that works. That's just how the dynamic would work right. out. Because she's her friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, um, Jack, if we were at a pool party for your birthday, and you had a crazy, violent ex-girlfriend who showed up, I'd back you up in the pool, in the in the hot tub argument, I will say. Yeah. I would do the same right. for you. I mean, I think, I think, I think that's just I what, think you that's what you do. Like, why would she agree with Nate? To be like, well, no, I have my yeah, own violent. Nate. Why are you implying I don't have my own thoughts? Because you're her friend. Like, what are you talking about? What are we doing here? Yeah. Again, you really do kind of sympathize with Nate because you're like, I feel like that man didn't do anything wrong. What was he supposed to say? That's see, what that felt like to me was a real no-win scenario because I feel like if he had said like, oh, no, we are kind of, I think maybe we are getting back together, then she'd be like, no, we're not. What are you talking about? But instead, he was like, yeah, no, we're not together. What are you? And then she's like, why you? Why you say that so fast? It's like, what is what is the man meant to do? Yeah, you say a little quickly, and he's like, what? I I said it. I just said it. Because it was, it's the truth. Like I just said, a, I said one word, and but it you, just, you said like you agree, but you aren't getting back together. Yeah, but like, why do you say it so fast? It's like, what, what are they fighting over? What's even the point? Who? How do you win? But again, I, th- I think you're maybe right of like, oh, that was to show how toxic they are and, and why they shouldn't be together. But again, the only scene we have with Cassie and Nate in this sh- this episode is also them just having an argument. 
So this idea that, like, oh, you guys are toxic, but you and me would be good together is absurd. Let's argue. Yeah. It's so good that we're just going to argue with like, each other. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Oh, it definitely. And then she she comes down in that bat, the bathing suit, I, I guess, literally to, like, get his attention. It must what does Kat say? Isn't she literally like, oh, that's, that's subtle. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, yeah, what... Is that not obvious? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like if, if uh, Maddie hadn't been gleaming already, like, this is really gonna... The evidence is piling. Yeah, very, very clearly. She's not doing anything to hide it. Like, you don't want Maddie to find out, but you're... What are you doing? I mean, she was drunk, so I... But I feel like that's the second time we gotta use that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the second situation that we've had this season where all three of them have been together and they're all kind of drinking, so they're all kind of inebriated in some sense. Well, the Two, at least two people are. And so I was like, well, they're not making decisions because they're drunk. And it's like, okay, that works one time. That kind of works two times. But three strikes, like, you can't keep, you can't keep making them drunk is my point. Once you keep doing that, it, it kind of reveals that you don't, you don't have a good idea. So if you just make a possible excuse for them to not think clearly, you can just write any situation and make the story go where you want it to. It's like, well, that's lazy. That's just, you just aren't. You can't, you're just not clever enough to figure yeah, it out. Very good point. It's like, I need my characters to act in, in silly, irrational ways, so I'll just make them drunk so that they it's it's like believable that they would act in a dumb way. No, yeah, silly, goofy totally ways. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So let's move on from yeah. them. Uh, I, actually, one thing, since we're on Cassie and that, let's just do Lexi super quick, because last week we talked about how her play may come to a head when everyone's like, hey, those are us. And I think this episode kind of confirms that a little bit more, or at least gives way more credence because of the of the scene where she's typing in her room and she's doing the audition and it's like verbatim. Like it cuts yeah. between the actresses crying out and Cassie like yelling at her. So I was like, oh, so that's very clearly going to be like, this is her life. And people are going to probably be like, Cass- uh, Lexi, mess it up, doing what you're doing. That was shitty that you did that to us. You can't just write your life verbatim. Yeah. I was surprised that she used McKay's name, just just his name, right? That's true because he went to that right. school. Like he, she didn't even change it a little. Like surely, if yeah, if anyone sees that, not even just Cassie, they're gonna be like, "You you made the girl's boyfriend's name McKay? <laughs> like, are you kidding? Yeah, like McKay, that guy who graduated last year, that that guy, Christopher McKay, that kid who went here that we all called just McKay, that guy who your girl, your sister dated last year, is that? Literally him. That's weird. That's, that's a really weird thing to do, Lexi. Why would you do that? Yeah, I think she. I think she needed to have a moment. Is like because they've said her whole thing is like, oh, she was sick of just being an observer, right? But and so this is this was her way to try to be proactive with her. But I think incidentally, she's actually just fallen right back to her normal patterns of being an observer, right? I don't. She's observing. Yeah, even more. I don't think that is actually like the real way to handle that is to just, just you know, kind of like passive aggressively make a play about the people in your life. Like that's that isn't being proactive and like healthily dealing with the problems in your life. Is being like I'm gonna argue with my sister and I'm gonna write it in a play to show everybody. Like that actually isn't the healthy way to deal with things. So I do think that's that's still where that's headed as well. I agree. Um, so let's get on to Jules, Rue, and the and Elliot. Elliot. So. That's I don't know, man. This 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 going in some weird directions. So basically, we kind of called it last week, but she Jules literally is just kind of falling for Elliot as well. So the literal thing that she was calling Rue out for, right? Like, mm, I don't know about this. You clearly have a crush on him. Blah blah blah. She has like 
taken that way to way farther of an extreme than <laughs> than Rue ever approached, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally—I think it's fair to say that she's literally just cheated on uh, Rue again. Um, oh yeah, definitely. She just like Rue, Rue up to this point has never actually cheated. No, on absolutely her. not. Like, and obviously, I guess. Well, we kind of brought this up last week too. I guess you could argue that she's cheated on her with drugs in like a metaphorical sense, but um, Jules just cheats on her with other people. <laughs> Physically, just actually, literally, it does. So I think that kind of trumps it. Metaphors don't really. Uh, well, it's metaphors versus real things. Real things usually take the cake. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't really get what like what Jules is is doing here. I don't. I don't really like it, honestly. Like, I guess I could think. I think one of the things we want to understand is that the reason that somehow Jules was able to miss Rue's very obvious drug use is that she has been so infatuated with Elliot. Right? Is that? kind of vibe you got because Mm -hmm. in this episode when jules was like what you've been on drugs rue or like or i guess it was at the end when he's like oh yeah i gotta reveal she hasn't been sober i was like obviously she hasn't been sober she's been out of her goddamn mind every time you've seen her like look at her you're lucky she's awake half the time like it's just all stumbly and like her eyes are half open yeah like it's i feel like it should be very obvious to anyone paying attention that rue is probably not sober but again she's so like and we saw this last episode, right? Instead of when Rue didn't show up, like, Jules didn't go out of her way to, like, find her and, like, make sure she was okay. She's like, all right, I'll just hang out with Ellie alone. And they've been doing that a couple times, right? And, like, I don't know, man. I just don't know. It's almost like Jules doesn't think or want to admit or whatever that it is cheating. Like, it, she just has, like, such kind of, like, out-there ideas about this kind of stuff. Maybe it doesn't to her, but I feel like to any reasonable person, that's, that's very obviously what's happening. It's weird, because doesn't she mention the fact that she kind of cheated on her in the special with the therapist? Yeah. So, I guess you're so, right. I didn't think of that. So, it's it's just very weird. Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she's just not thinking about it. She just doesn't want to confront it. Just She's like, well, I kind of know what it is, but if I don't think about it, and I pretend like nothing's wrong, nothing will be wrong. Because, you know, that's how everything works out. But even down to, like, they're stealing kisses while Rue is in the next room over. Like, it's it's crazy. I think it's just, I just think that's... Yeah. that's unforgivable pretty much i mean not unforgivable. and speaking of like your your cheating thing is like when she leaves the room they technically they both cheat because then root goes off and does drugs in elliot's bathroom yeah. and they just make out in, in elliot's bed that's a good point jack again i, I mean we've been kind of saying that i think that's kind of the theme of this season is that they for, for the this, this subplot here is that they just they're not gonna work they're not at a in a state mentally to work yet unfortunately because as we say we would like them to just be happy i mean it'd be nice if all the characters on the show were just happy <laughs> She's happy and like stable and had a good life, but sadly that's not to be so. They do petty crime, which is weird. I don't care. For yeah, they that. really fu- I was they really fumbled that bag. Oh, How did you fumble? Very bad at it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was talking to my some of my friends about this who had also watched the show. I didn't think about it until they told me. Why didn't they just go to Fez's thing? He has alcohol. Absolutely. I've Why do they got to steal alcohol? Fez would probably Jude- sell them some alcohol. Or yeah, like Rue could be like, "Hey, Fez, can I have alcohol?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, I don't care." Like, why was that a scene? His car window gets broken with a baseball bat? Like, yeah. what? You gotta pay for that, man. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be obvious. Also, the thing of they steal alcohol, and then she gets mad when Rue is drinking the alcohol. Elliot has, a, obviously, a good reason, because he thinks that she'll fucking kill herself accidentally. But Jules doesn't have that piece of the puzzle, right? So Jules is just like, oh, why are you drinking? You're supposed to be sober. Jules, why would you go rob a liquor store, or, well, a gas station, get alcohol, and then be like, Rue? Why are you drinking alcohol? Like, it just kind of solidifies that idea of she's totally 
ignoring through this episode of like me and Elliot are going to go have fun and drink and, and steal from this, you know, convenience store. You sit in the car and then don't have any. <laughs> like, yeah. Crazy, right? Just sit and wait. And then... I mean, it applies to Elliot as well, for that matter. Like, that's not, that's just a bizarre interaction for them to have. It's like, hey, we should go rob a store. Oh, you can't have any though, Rue. This is just kind of a me and Jules thing. It's like, that's, that's really shitty to do, I feel like. Yeah, I, yeah, I just feel like Ju- Jules is just, just shitty. Just yeah. being kind of just shitty all the time. Yeah, I we talked about this, you know, like the the special. I really think went a long way to me being like, you know what, Jules, you're not so bad. I understand what's going on with you now. Like you're you've got more depth as a character than I realized. So maybe I was being a little unfair, but now this season she's just kind of being shitty again. <laughs> she's not being a very good yeah. girlfriend. I don't know. It's very strange, and I almost feel like we aren't like getting any. Like I know last season we didn't get a ton from Jules, but I feel like for all the characters we got just more from them. But I feel like we're only getting like big chunks of Rue and big chunks of Cassie, and then we check in on Lexi, and I guess now we'll maybe check in on Cat if she hasn't been cut from the show forever now. <laughs> she barely appears. But like, I don't know, these plot lines, it just seems to be like the Cassie and Rue season, and both of them yeah. are not like, very, it's just like, why? Like, Fez doesn't really have a storyline at the moment, because... The only thing he had was with Cal, and Cal addressed his thing, and nothing to do with Fez anymore. I think Fez has his storyline going. I think he still has the, the ramifications of the mouse thing. That's true. That's coming back to get him a little bit. I guess they do set that up in this episode. I mean, I think I think it's a couple things. I do think you're right. A lot of people have had this criticism where this show seems... This, uh, this, uh, sorry. This season seems to have a little less substance in, in the episodes. It seems like a lot of the episodes' runtime are dedicated to, like, flash and, and these long sequences of them driving the cars and shit and, and less of like actual plot movement mm. but i also think that part of that could be that we're expecting a little more in that like you said lexi and fez lexi and fez didn't have storylines last season right so right, this yeah. season it might be a little unfair to expect them to also have full fleshed out storylines of their own right because that's mm-hmm. just gonna add to the overall burden of the, the show right we want everyone from last season to have the same level of the depth and you know three four however many more characters it's just not going to work right like cast cal has gotten much more development this season than he did last season right much more screen time has been put towards him elliot is a totally new character like again lexi and fez probably still got a little more you know stuff to do on their own so i don't i don't know if i totally agree with the idea that like oh this this season is a little bit isn't moving as much especially because people seem to zero in on like oh it seems like they're doing too many of the trippy drug sequences i don't think there's really that many of them right no i don't think there's many drug sequences yeah i don't think that's really valid criticism um i guess this episode does have the weird like we're dancing to music kind of sequence that one maybe was a little uh, kind of in that same vein but overall i don't think that's the big problem here um but then that culminates with like rue just going home and uh getting high (laughs) Just kidding. And she hadn't sold any of these drugs yet. No, because she's probably been high the whole time. Oh, yeah. So, what's? I just wonder. I really think it might start to uh, get on our boy Fez a little bit here. I think he Fez might. is going to die. I've been saying yeah. this. Um, right? We've, we've talked about this. Um, Fez, apparently, I didn't know this, but was never even meant to really survive season one. I think he's going to die as a, as a consequence of the things he did, but also the things that... Uh, Rue's getting up to, and it maybe would be like a bit of a of a real kind of like wake up moment for her potentially. I don't know, but yeah, 
I, I think that's going to come to a head. I think she's really going to fumble the bag on this $10,000 worth of drugs she took or whatever and uh, really just, just muck things up. It's really muck it up for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Brew and or Jules and Elliot are just going to have sex, it seems like. like They're just totally content to do that, which, again, is crazy. Like That's, that's not a cool thing to do. She'd be like, me and my girlfriend just got in a fight. I guess the two of us will just fuck now. Like, no, nah, that's that, surely that's not it, right, Jack? Am I crazy? Or? No, I don't. I don't think so. Like, I don't. Yeah. Again, I don't know how she can even like rationalize that in her head, unless she just doesn't care. But I thought she liked. <laughs> I thought she liked Rue a little more than that. Jeez. I, well, I will say, I guess a positive is the opening sequence was kind of interesting when the, right. during all the movie. That is fun. Uh, like the Brokeback sure. Mountain and the birth of Aphrodite and all that. Titanic. Uh, little, Titanic, exactly. Totally. Um, it was very fun. But then it got less fun as it went on, because I was like, oh, these characters aren't doing a lot of good choices. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Didn't you say also that the actor for Elliot and the actress for Jules, aren't they dating in real life now? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think that's... Yeah. I'm not feeds much to the Hollywood rumor mill, but yeah. I saw something to that effect, yes. Makes sense for this episode. I mean, yeah, you, I you, guess so. they probably did that makeout scene ten times all day or fifteen times. Yeah. We we've talked probably about this a lot, time. but um, well, I don't know if we talked about it much on the show, but we had definitely talked about in person these these relationships that develop out of movies and TV shows and stuff. It's, it really does seem like a bad idea. <laughs> People gave a lot of guff to Amy Amy Pascal when she said like, "Hey, I told I told Zendaya and Tom Holland not to date. I told Andrew Garfield and." I must not today. No one listened to me. And like as a, and they give her a lot of guff as if like, oh, what do you know? What these, they're adults. They can do what they want. And, and like that's true, but like it really does seem to often cause problems. Yeah, didn't it something with that Nate Jacobs actor and Zendaya dated? Yeah, apparently it ended badly, and now they aren't. They don't do scenes together or something. Yeah, potentially that's caused, that's caused problems. That apparently has is a thing. Even to, apparently, even I'm like I, I'm not. I'm I, I mean, get this. It's just like totally rumors so we probably shouldn't feed too much of this but like it's been rumored that that's even affecting why like nate and jules haven't had any scenes this season nope. it's all from like this mm. real world drama which again just doesn't seem like a good idea seems like for as many no. at least as many examples i would say more so actually honestly like just a little bit more but for every example of people who are like oh yeah they actually just happily ended up together and they've been married for years now there's at least as many of people who like end on poor terms and can't even like speak to work each other anymore, right yeah cannot yeah. work together and it's like well that's why they have this rule is that now you're fucking up their thing right i'm trying to make a movie here and now you're somehow my thing like yes you're an adult but if now suddenly you're gonna be like well i can't work with this person anymore that that's you gotta fix this it's like well now you've you've inconvenienced a bunch of other people <laughs> yeah you put a lot of other people's jobs in the line yeah i guess you don't want to date this guy but the sound boom my guy he's got to feed his family man like you're making a million dollars off this no, movie no one made you date him in the first place yeah the sound guy doesn't care one way or the other if you dated he's just trying to get his paycheck and you know for support of the family or himself like but let's uh finally let's let's move on to i think we took cal yeah round out the episode here uh he with his immense brain damage decides that drinking is the way to go when you have a head wound yeah so he starts with a head wound and uh gets drinking and he goes down to that bar from last week's cold open right mm-hmm. um, and I honestly thought thought he was going to get in a car accident. <laughs> I really thought so too. I was like, "How is he?" Maybe that was the point. It was like you were supposed to maybe think that. 
And he gets there, and he's just acting like real obnoxious, obviously, because he's drunk. I thought it was weird that he's he had never returned to that bar, especially because it was still so close to where he currently lived. Yeah, it wasn't he's like, like I've been here in twenty five years. It's like really, he could have. Yeah, back. never went back once, even after. Maybe he didn't want to be seen there. But he obviously has like a emotional kind of moment of like, oh, my boyfriend who I liked. Oh gosh, um, but then he gets kicked out for being obnoxious and wanting to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I did think that was kind of funny. I'm not gonna lie. That's such like a drunk guy thing to do. They're like, you want to wrestle? Let's wrestle. <laughs> Let's wrestle. Let's... Especially him because he's all about domination and stuff. Yeah. So, Wait, well, yeah, he was a literal wrestler. Yeah. It's like, I was state champ. <laughs> like when they kick him out, they're like, we told you not to ask people to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Ten times we asked you, hey, get out of here. And I, I really think that might be like a, like a deeper meaning because when his life goes wrong, he goes back to that like, you know, being gay, and then he just can't handle it because he hasn't been doing it in like a not like a sophisticated way. Like I'm sure all those all those people in that bar, those patrons, they probably have the just healthy, normal sex lives where they don't record them and are weirdly dominated. They just probably just yeah. do whatever and are you know two adults and it's all fine. But he's weirdly he's all about domination and wrestling, and they're like, you got to get out and you can't come back. Mm-hmm. He's just stuck kind of between everything he's got no real place to go because he's all fucked up in his head oh yeah and then and then he comes home and he uh survives that too surprisingly yeah yeah honestly it's a wonder that he uh he drove back and forth unscathed yeah didn't just like veer off i didn't even hit another car just veer off the road and die hit a rock and just fly into the air but um yeah he absolutely uh tears into his whole family oh yeah which i i think is a great scene it's a great it's a Great dialogue, I think. It's a great bit of acting out of him. I don't know. He's dropping some truth bombs, I feel like. They, he, he once again does do the thing that this show does often, which is uh, they have someone go from inebriated to sober at the drop of a hat to do some plot. <laughs> yeah, he, um, was, he was so drunk he was pissing all over his yeah. rug and laughing. And I was going to say, he literally goes from piss on the floor drunk to like very coherent, I'm about to, I'm about to drop. Absolute truth out of my whole family, right quick. Let me let me let me, talk, let me spit some facts at you real quick, homie. <laughs> exactly. It's like, fella, I don't know if you could be able to do that for real. Um, but whatever. Nonetheless, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, he's just like, you know what, guys? Guys aren't great. Didn't want to have you. That that maybe was a bit excessive because like that's not his fault. But it is a little fair to be like, Nate, you're a lunatic. Um, yeah, you're my you're my greatest disappointment. I don't know who you are, or what you're about. You're insane. You're unwell. I thought it was really sort of impactful when he calls that. He's like, yo, you, um, you're getting all disgusted and acting all like crazy because I said I want to fuck dudes or whatever. But if I told you I was fucking women, you'd just be like, oh, dude, come on, don't say that for the mom. But he's like, you're acting like literally disgusted by the, the idea that I'm gay. He's like, that's, that's hypocritical. You suck. If I want to mm-hmm. have sex with dudes, I should. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty progressive of uh, Cal. Yeah, quite progressive of Cal. Um, what do you think of, I, I would say this scene definitely just, like, implied that his wife knew, right? Has known all along kind of thing. Do you agree? Because she didn't seem to act surprised or really taken aback at any moment of this, right? Yeah, I mean, he's not very, I don't think he's very good at hiding it, because he does this all the time. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just going out to hotels. Right. And being like, oh, I'm at this hotel. Like, does he have a different credit card? Like, what is he, what is, what money is he using to get this? Yeah. He, I, you're probably right. Like he might not even, he may not even hide it at this point. It might just be kind of like a uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, a bit of like a uh, unspoken understanding they have about it. And their sons, 
their 20 year old sons into some weird porn. He was like, that was a, probably the funniest line. I was like, the porn on your computer made my fucking jaw drop. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's calling him out. And like, obviously, he's talked before on this. Um, like he said, he's most recently, man, have I, have I ruined my kids? Is that, is that me? Is that my fault? It probably is. I, oh, definitely is. Based on the fact that he was like, Nate, you have to dominate. You, you're told about domination. Mm hmm. And that mixed with, like, that on its own, I guess, isn't, I mean, it's a kind of a, probably a bad mentality and wouldn't foster, like, a really kind of well-adjusted person at first. Mm. But I think the fact that that is preceded by, or that follows, Nate seeing all that porn of him, of the, this, of his, at, like, a young age, like, he, un, he unconsciously, probably, or consciously, cl drew a line between those two things and went, this is how it's done, and just got really messed up. Yeah. I think you're right. Like Cal is not well adjusted either, right? Like he really isn't. I think I think you brought a good point where he's like he's got, he has that moment where he's like, oh, "I'm a man. I'll I'll fuck whoever I want." And it's like is that is that what being a man is, Cal? Like is that really what? So it is to you. I think that works. It's just like, well, yeah, I know I'm cheating on your mom, but I I can do whatever I want. I have sex with whoever I want, do anything because I'm a man. It's like, well, it doesn't need to be about yeah you know, this sense of like I'm dominating whoever and putting whoever in their place or whatever the hell. Yeah, it's he's he's clearly not. Well, in his own way. And maybe part of that is the fact that, like, he, he is in this family that he doesn't really <laughs> like that much and that he didn't want to be in. Not that that makes it okay, right? Like, I don't think it's fair to just be like, well, I didn't really want to have kids, so I can just be a neglectful, horrible dad. But, you know, it, it could potentially explain at least some of some of his actions, right? Yeah, certainly. And then he just grabs the, he grabs the picture and he just leaves. <laughs> yeah, who's that other kid yeah so this has been this has been floating around a lot this week this is apparently that photo is in season one i don't remember this that's it's from the i remember that photo that is in there because it's in the first episode oh because it shows that cal nate, is is nate's father he's like now course. it's getting weird of course yeah we just don't know it obviously was never explained in season one um, it may continue to not be explained yeah you know what's interesting is that he chooses to take that picture at all. Right. Based on what he said. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I just got through saying like he doesn't like his family or but yeah, he still wanted to take the picture of them all, huh? He took that picture. He's like, well, I'm going to take this picture with me and go. I'll see you guys later. You two can draw straws to clean up my piss, you fuck stains. <laughs> but he's like, actually, I got this photo. I remember you guys fondly by. But maybe that's just like when they were all they're, so, they're much younger. Maybe that's just like a simpler time when he could. Cheating his wife and his kids weren't crazy. I didn't know his kids were crazy yet, I guess. I mean, I guess you could look at it much, you could, in a, in a much less, like, charitable way of, I'm fucking taking this photo and, and thusly removing myself from this family. Like, you're not even going to have a, of a, a picture with me in it. Like, it could and be kind of, kind of symbolism. That's true. Could be much, uh, Maybe. more sinister. Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking this, but you and I, I'm not in this family and you don't, I'm not even going to let you hang up the picture with me anymore. But I don't, I don't think that's actually what it is. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think he, again, he's not totally fair. Because he, he uh, the thing I said before, he, he even says in the subject, he's like, well, the reason I have a problem is you guys. And it's like, sure, that's not fair. Like, you can't put that all on them. It probably mm. doesn't help, right? Like, his mental state. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he will just get better as <laughs> being like, being not being around his family that he doesn't actually really love and his son who's a loser and his son who's insane yeah you, you really hate it when you have one son who's a loser and lives at home and is like in his 20s and then one son who's just insane yeah like an unwell man i guess i don't know i i'm interested to see where where he goes if they really brought him to the forefront 
this season here, right? Like he's gonna have to oh, yeah. character or something. Should be cool. Should be interessante. Um but so let's just talk about the little wrap up at the end here. So I think it's because it's the mid season finale more or less, right? I mean not literally, but it's the halfway point of the show, right? Rue is is all high and she's having like a this kind of symbolic well, I don't know if it's with her or whatever the, the implication is, but basically at the end of the season we get like we, we see every, all the little various plot threads, right? Mm-hmm. These like symbolic kind of tableaus. Rue is all high, and uh, she sees her dad or whatever, which is you know very much been the kind of the linchpin for her drug use. Exactly, precisely, is that she's she does it to feel closer to her father. We see Jules, and she's like alone, which I guess is symbolism is that like she has these two relationships, but at the same time, she's kind no of no one maybe. Um, we see, I guess we should have mentioned this earlier, we see maybe that, I don't even think maybe, but she's like cut herself on her leg, right? Yeah, she might be getting into some unhealthy, but back to, maybe yeah. back to her old... Exactly, she had, she's like uh, reverting to that coping mechanism that she had when she was younger, which, yeah, is obviously sucked for her. Again, it just is kind of more feel to like declare not good for each other because Rue's drug use is stressing her out enough and like putting so much pressure on her that now she's wanting to self-harm, which sucks. You know, which is not good at all. Yeah, it's definitely not conducive to any kind of positive relationship. Elliot is in that church, which I don't, I'm not sure I fully get. I yeah, I don't know why he's in the church. I I didn't get that a lot either. I don't know what that represents. Maybe we're just not smart enough to get it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Maddie's in a pool and there's a little baby. I think the baby, I think it's like intercut maybe with stuff from just Rue. Like, because there is that moment of she's like talking to her dad or whatever. Um, Lexi is alone in the auditorium because, yeah, I, I do definitely still think that play is going to like be the culmination of her plot season, and it's going to have some some fallout. Cat um, and Ethan are in a car, and they're just alone, alone. And um, yeah, we do get that moment where Cat's like, "I just don't think I like Ethan at all." And Maddie's like, "Yeah, that's fine. Be toxic like me. Have don't have healthy relationships. Who wants them? <laughs> Who needs Who needs them?" <laughs> So I guess that's just she's just gonna break up with him probably. Yeah, maybe they'll have that diner scene. Because I mean, she literally just says straight up, "I hate him" or whatever. I can't stand. I can't him. stand him. That's a pretty big departure. Yeah, maybe he'll beat her to the punch. Like they'll get to that diner scene and be like, "We should break up. You're you clearly are not having fun. Let's. I I don't want to do this anymore." Maybe I would honestly say I doubt it though, because there is that moment where Ethan tells her he's like, "Hey, if um." You know, like, if things go south here, he's like, yeah, you know, I guess we probably aren't going to be together forever kind of deal. Like, somebody's going to end up hurt at some point. Hurt. I'll try to make sure it's not me. And or not, it's not you. Or, yeah, I'm just, I'll try to make sure it's me and not you, which kind of seems to be the way it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, you hate to say that, because you're kind of printing on your own downfall there, fella. Yeah. Isn't, haven't you just, he's, he's signed his own, uh, his own death warrant on that one. <laughs> yeah, he's digging his own grave. Cassie's with the flowers crying because that's all Cassie's good for. Is it flowers? I guess just cries a lot. I don't. I I just don't know what she's going through for this this season. Like I don't know. I guess we just want her to like distance herself from Nate, right? And just not oh, yeah. with him. But like that's not much of a motivation. But the, the problem is that Cassie's motivation is the exact opposite of what we want to happen for her, right? We obsessive. Mm-hmm. We. We as the audience do not want her to end up with Nate, so it's just very hard to sympathize with her her struggle of like I want to get Nate to like me and break up her and him and Maddie. 
Because we don't want that to happen. Because we know that he's not good for her. So I don't. I just don't know. I don't know about that, man. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, really getting old. <laughs> I agree. I really wanted to really want him to fucking just figure it out. Just move on or pick someone else to do just anything. Mm-hmm. And then Rue, Throw a curveball. Rue again is in the church with her dad. What do you think? People have been speculating wildly that Rue has overdosed, in fact, and is now dead. I've seen people say, I've heard people say that too, that she, might, have, she might be dead. I don't think there's a chance of that. Um, no, she's the main character of the show. Yeah. She's the, she's the, on the fucking, like when you go on HBO Max, she's the person you see first. Yeah. When people said like, oh, at the end there, the, the narration changes for a second to Jules. So maybe Jules will become the new narrator because Rue's dead. Got it. I mean, in a very, just in a very real, <laughs> not fun kind of sense. We've seen scenes of her in the trailers. That have not played out yet in the episode, so yeah, so she probably still alive. <laughs> just to take all the wind out of those people's sails, definitely not dead. Just from that sense, no. so in a narrative sense, like I mean, yeah, the story's not done. This, you know, it's it's kind of well documented at this point that Rue is very much an analog for the writer Sam Levinson, like in real life, because he struggled with addiction. So mm-hmm. I would find it hard to believe that. A guy who has survived and like beat addiction, right? That um, the culmination of his the story in his show would be that she just succumbs to addiction and dies, right? Like that doesn't yeah, that doesn't really that doesn't make any sense. Why you'd write something like that? So she definitely will stumble, and I, it's obviously she's not in a good place right now. But I don't think she's dead. No, not at all. Because it's like a weird med. Be like, well, I survived, but I mean, she didn't. But you know, yeah, yeah. can't all get lucky. I think it's like, what's the what are you trying to say here? definitely a much better message for the show that Rue ultimately beats her addiction not that she succumbs to it <laughs> yeah exactly and for that matter literally like we've seen scenes for the next episode that seem to imply uh, she's coming back right mm-hmm. I guess there is like the, the idea that what does Elliot say he's like I like Rue the way she was and people are like oh my god he's, he's thinking about her after she's dead I don't I don't think that's what that is I think it's just uh, I don't know something else but she's, I just don't think she's dead I think that'd be crazy yeah it'd be, I mean, with this have a scene two, just kill the main character. Yeah. Zendaya is by far the biggest name on this show. She's also a producer. Again, the main character. Like, it just, it's not going to happen. But, yeah, halfway through. Do we have any big, big sweeping predictions for the second half of this show? Not, not really too much. Uh, besides what we've already said, you know, Lexi's play, Kat and Ethan breaking up. Mm-hmm. Fez is dying. Fez dying. Uh, just Drew and Rules. Fuck, I do it every fucking time. Rue and Jules. Uh, breaking up, yeah, Elliot. I, I definitely think they're not going to end the season together. No, Elliot kind of being in a weird middle ground, probably. Yeah, and Cal. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't, anybody else? I think Cassie's still just gonna. I honestly think this Cassie thing might just be most of the rest of the season. Unfortunately, because I don't know where I haven't. We haven't made any forward progress. What yeah. forward progress have we made since it started? Episode one was the beginning. Episode two established it and then we've just been kind of spinning our wheels for the last two episodes since i think think, i think nate and maddie might just be like we're back together so i'm literally gonna talk to you marcassi see ya and then that's gonna cause her to further spiral spiral into chaos yeah i think that's very likely like i just don't see their relationship continuing if only i mean whether all the things nate apparently has said is true and i think some of it is that he really does he is in love with Maddie or whatever and can you know can't totally separate that but he also just you know from the tearing perspective he needs to retrieve that disc yeah he really does he needs that back so no one knows he 
his dad is gay. Yeah. I also don't know what it's it's strange though because, you know, Jules has, you know, said before that she's not really interested in like blackmailing them or whatever the case may be. Um and obviously, you know, we know that what Nate had the, the fact that Nate told his dad, like, oh they're trying to blackmail us, dad, they're gonna get us that's not true either. Like, you know, Jew, Jules and, and Rue and Fez are not really that vested in them for the yeah. part. Other than the fact that he keeps sticking his nose in and bothering them, and then he gets them riled up. But overall, like I don't, I don't know if there's a, uh, if there is like a, a sort of you know pressing threat from that front. I guess the idea is that like Nate just lied to his dad about that because mm-hmm. he didn't yeah. tell her him that it was just Maddie who had it, not you know anyone else. But I don't, know. I don't. It doesn't seem likely that she would do anything with it either, though. So I think maybe it's just a bit of just Nate's kind of paranoid about it. Yeah. Or maybe Maddie will just release it and just fuck with him and it'll just be a big twist. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I I guess I would say overall, not super impressed with the first half of this season, are we? No, I have to agree with that. It's not really hitting the same way I thought it would. Yeah, so hopefully it picks up a little bit, I guess. <laughs> that's a pr- that's a prediction for you. Be 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 a little better. <laughs> be try a little harder, how about maybe? Maybe they save the best for last. That- uh, that's uh, we always hope, right? Gotta have hope, Jack. I guess, but it's so tiring. I'd rather have no hope. <laughs> just take a nap. Well, that's you know that's a way to do it as well. Just look it up. Yeah, tweets their own. I'm not your I'm not your keeper. Yeah, good old bit. Look at us. Starting the episode with a biblical reference, ending the episode with a biblical reference, and that's what they come for in the show, Zach. Full circleality. I do believe that's entirely what we're known for is biblical references of of all of all strives. Honestly, it. That's what I hope our legacy is. I don't give a shit about this Marvel schlock, this Star Wars schlock, this Euphoria garbage, anything we fucking talked about. And all I'm talking about, the sweet, sweet word of God, baby. <laughs> That'd be crazy. We'd just do a handbrake pivot into that. Just like an ad, just, like breakneck turn. Once we've asked yeah. to somewhat to do the following, they just tune in and the next week and it's just, have you heard, you heard the word? Yeah. It's not, it's not even like, we don't even take hard stands. We just like, Talk about a book of the Bible and just talk about it's like this is what it means. We this is what we Bible, like we do the the shows. We're not like yeah. we're not actually proselytizing. We're just like yeah, and then like and then you know John, can you believe he said that? I couldn't. Now honestly, Jack, I was surprised. But like Peter, he made a return from the book of Luke, and he's here now. And like I didn't think it would tie in like that, but here we are. And like I really would. It's it's really interesting the different interpretations of Genesis in and of the creation myth, you know, in chapters one and two of Genesis. It, it really kind of gives like an alternate timeline sort of thing. Dude, now do we think that's an example of alternate timelines at play, like the <laughs> parallel dimensions kind of of the biblical universe, or is it more of like a yeah. is it is it unreliable narration that we're witnessing here? It's not it's not super clear. Hopefully they explain it in Bible two. <laughs> and we would, and then we're like, well, we got to. Then we read the Lego Bible to get like the spinoffs, okay. see how they do it. Oh yeah, but all the interpretive Bibles for kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah we read that that <sighs> fuck King James's version. Yeah, fuck. good old King James. You should probably. Before we get too religious, we'll stop at fuck King James. So we're gonna <laughs> we'll, we'll put the kibosh right about here. Um, as always, thanks so much for listening to Bible Hour. <laughs> You can you can find us on Twitter at Ecotech Jazz. That's J A Z. Tweet us all your favorite Bible verses and what you think about Christianity. Uh, please don't actually do that. <laughs> um, and as always, you can email us at EcotechJazz at gmail.com. Again, J A Z. 
You can listen to our show on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible. As always, our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at ingocean.jpg on Instagram and on Redbubble. And our intro was done by friend of the show, Artist Celery Salt. As I say every week, obviously until June, he'll have an album coming out in June. More details to follow. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.